Hello, Jarrett. Hello, RJ. What the hell? I have updates. Oh, boy. Uh... Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Let's talk. We'll talk about it on the air. Sure. We can just roll right into it if you want, or oh if you have God. other things to discuss. No. Uh, okay. I, I, if this has anything to do with what I think it does, oh, it is. RJ. <laughs> All right. Here we go. With Jared and RJ. From Renoir to Kurosawa And everything along the way Highbrow, lowbrow They won't stop until they're dead Here come the creeps Here come the creeps this is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. Um, I'm RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we are uh, using horse heads uh, to uh, <laughs> farm eels. Get them sure. out. Something like that. And uh, I don't know, pretending to be dwarf midgets. Sure. As we That's watch fun. Spine 234 in the Criterion Collection, Volker Schlondorf's The Tin Drum from 1979. But first, mm. folks, so off the air last week, RJ and I had a, a discussion about what, what we were doing in the short term. And, uh, well, RJ made some comment about how in the mail he was receiving, what was it, RJ? Uh, it would be what the kids call a skateboard. A skateboard. And mm-hmm. at that time I went, a skateboard? I'm like, oh, man, you're a, you know, that's a good way to, like, break a leg or an arm or something. Mm. Yeah, you did say that. And uh, I had uh, many other people who had uh, advised, I wouldn't say against it, but uh, I had a close personal friend, uh, Mr. Taylor, Lenore. He, uh, he said, you know, I had a longboard once. And uh, he said, I sold it. It was a little too dangerous. Uh, I have another friend, friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, who also longboards and has a skateboard. He can do kickflips, I believe. Uh, and he was like, that's great. He was like, uh, make sure you have proper protection. Um, my and- wife, Andrea, she also supported this because it was a new endeavor that would physical. ultimately, it was a physical thing that would maybe improve the quality of life because you're actually going out, working out and things. Mm-hmm. But she also said, make sure you have proper protection and, and i do believe i said something along the lines of bear learn how to fall yeah and uh and so here we are um mm-hmm. we just booted up here over on mm-hmm. the the the, the bagul network and mm-hmm. uh i see rj your arm appears to be in a sling it is uh yeah and this is this is clean for everyone out there jared uh there was no preamble. He saw he saw the picture come in and he said, we're starting right now. So, yeah, Andrea also said there was a lot of, as I said, there was a lot of people who were kind of gave me some suggestions. Maybe a not to, a, a toe a toe maybe a toe so maybe not a toe so. Uh, so this is what happened here. I don't know what it is. 
maybe it's because we're in quarantine and things like that. Andrea wants to get out there, ride a bike. She was like, why don't you get a bike? And I was like, you know what? I kind of want to get a longboard <laughs> for cruising. And uh, everywhere we drove, I saw guys and gals on longboards. And I was like, that could be me. I was like, look at them. They're having the time of their life, Jared. They're just standing on their longboard. A lot of those guys are smoking a cigarette. They're just softly cruising around. And I was like, man, would it be cool to be a longboarding dude? Wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool? Uh, And one of the last things that really clinched it, uh, cinched it even for us was we saw two young ladies. One was on a bike uh, and she had a, a boat paddle, like an oar. And there was a lady behind her holding the other end of it on a longboard. And she was just getting pulled along for the ride. And I was like, man, that's the life. Not even having to kick your propel yourself. So I was like, I want to try it. Uh, but I didn't want to longboards new. Uh, I have a friend who is a, a partner in like a local skate shop. But the new ones are like $350 or so. So I was like, you know what? I'll just get a real shitter ass skateboard, a plain Jane for like 40 bucks. And I got one and I, I, I took I was real careful, Jared. I went out to the garage. I opened the garage crack so people couldn't see me, but there was some airflow in there. I didn't park the car in there, put on a helmet, and I just started going back and forth from one wall to the other. You know, just getting my bearings. Because have you ever stood on a skateboard, Jer? Not for a very long time. And even when I was, like, youthful and more uh, agile, I sucked at it real bad. It's uh, I I'll, I'll be the first to admit I was a little naive. I thought it would be a lot easier, but uh, there's a, there's a lot of wobble in that bad boy, and uh, that shit can uh, can go south real fast if it uh, gets from under you. So I'd say I was about 15 minutes in. I was doing really well. I was going back and forth. I fell one time where it uh, just went out for me, but you know I got up. I dusted it off. I was like, I'm good. Got to get back on that horse. And so I was just kind of moving back and forth, trying to turn and stop and shit. And uh, it went out for me, Jarrett, and I fell. And I uh, I fell on my arm, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I said, that's not good. So we gave it like an hour. This was Tuesday night. We gave it like an hour. Gosh, and so like, this is like last night. Uh Oh, uh, Monday night. Sorry. Okay. Monday night. We gave it a little time. There was no bruising. There was nothing sticking out. And like I was squeezing my arm. I was like, I was like, there's nothing broken, I don't think. But I couldn't lift it. So I was like, well, it's like, let's sleep on it. We'll check it out in the morning. (laughs) So in the morning, I mean, pretty rough shape. I I can't lift my arm. So uh, I did have to go to uh, the uh, hospital. And uh, I broke a bone. Jer? That's Bagul. What, What did you say? Oh, I broke a bone in my elbow. Oh, boy. So uh, I don't have to get a cast, but I do have to wear a sling for six weeks. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so it's it's in a really weird spot. It's like... Of course it uh, is. It's when you turn your forearm, like you turn your hand over one way or the other. Apparently, that's what the bone is for. So, like, I can't twist my forearm right now. Like, it's just... It's pretty painful. And then I can't... Uh, I can't lift my arm on its own accord. I can pick it up with my other arm and it doesn't hurt, but I, I can't move it on its own. <laughs> so anyways, that's uh, what's going on for me, man. Um, yeah, lots, that sucks. Uh, so you never yeah. even left the garage? No, I, I didn't get that far. I was, But uh, for 15 minutes, man, I was flying high. Yeah, top I of the world. High. 
But uh, I think it's safe to say that this puppy's been put to bed in my... Uh, You're only out 40 bucks and a broken elbow bone. And a, and a broken elbow bone. It's called the radial head. So oh, apparently yeah. there's a bone in your forearm called the radial bone. Yep. And it's like the head. It's in the elbow. And it is the one that like... It's for twisting your arm and like uh, moving your oh. wrist and stuff. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at a diagram. So that that's what I was de- that's what I'm dealing with a uh, really nice young doctor actually he was like I was like what are you like three four years older than me he was a nice young guy he uh, he sent me he got me some X-rays and he explained it and he's like you know what he's like you'll be okay in a couple weeks he's like the next couple days are gonna be pretty painful but uh, after that you'll be okay <sighs> fuck you got any I, any pics of the X-ray no uh, I didn't see it um, oh. so. I, I couldn't get in with my family doctor, and uh, when I told them what happened, they're like, "Oh, our X-ray guy's not here, anyways." And they're like, "We advise you to uh, go to the ER for this instead." Right. So uh, I made a trip to the ER. First time I've been in like 15 years. Hmm. Uh, and, even um, even when you had the the shingles big time. I went to a family doctor for that oh, one. Okay. Yeah, my uh, the clinic I go to is actually usually pretty good. They can usually get you in like day of okay. for me at least. Andrea, whenever she, she goes to the same place, she's usually like two three weeks waiting list. But yep. uh, I'm I actually for whatever reason I had good luck all the time. Interesting. I, I had to go to the ER, and uh, you know, despite what you have uh, really good eight, luck, RJ. I usually do, uh, but now my body is completely falling apart. Uh, I'm dying. Well, I mean, you've got your, your 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 shattered teeth, the, the, the shingles. <laughs> but uh, you have excellent excellent luck. I have uh, I have even worse stuff on top of that that I don't care to uh, air on a live. Mm-hmm. Well, but the, I the also... erectile dysfunction. I mean, sh- I mean, sorry, I shouldn't have brought well, that up. Everybody knows about that. Yeah, that's I mean, that's pretty clear if you read between the lines of the Instagram. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that going on. Well, maybe. I also I don't know if I've ever showed you my collarbone. I broke that in high school, and that thing's fucked up. Oh, fuck. Like, cause it never healed right. It sticks yeah. out. Like yeah. you can see it. So that one's a little bit wacky. But hey, you know, despite what people say about universal healthcare about wait times and stuff like that i only i waited i think maybe four hours all together like an hour in the first waiting room an hour in the second waiting room x-rays and then another hour uh but hey at least i didn't have to spend 10 grand to get my arm x-rayed now, now was was it a uh was it totally dead at the hospital as people have been claiming no yeah no. That, that's one of those my favorite lines it's like the hospital's practically empty no, it's empty <laughs> during a, no, I, the height of I, COVID. Maybe I don't know, but I, I it's like no, people no are way. still like you know doing foolish things. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm going to start skateboarding at the ripe age of thirty. Uh, that's uh, hey. well, yeah, I don't know. Hey, I, know like I said, I, I've, I've known people. Um, yeah, it seems like a lot of people think it's a good idea, and then sometimes it works out. But I, mm-hmm. I've only heard it not working out, unless you've been doing it forever and you've uh, yeah. go, you've gotten through all the the rough patches early on when you when you're a little bit more limber. I think that's the trick. It's like if you got if you want to get into it, you gotta you got either gotta get into it early or really invest in all of those protective equipment, those elbow guards, those wrist guards, because uh, could even, save you a trip to the even hospital. Those can fuck you up though. Because oh, yeah. of, like, of the way, if you, especially if you land wrong, because like those things will hold it in place as it mm-hmm. breaks or whatever, and it's like, oh, even worse, splints and shit. Yeah, but you well, know, that's you cool. Know, the, the nurse, she was like, "What happened?" And I told her, and she's like, "Good for you, honey." She was like, "You're getting out there. You're trying something new." <laughs> and I was like, "Thanks, man." It, it actually, it really kind of made me feel better because I was feeling a little foolish for a while. But uh, that uh, sweet old lady, she she had my back, you know. 
So anyways, what, oh, you, in the waiting room, I read an entire Stephen King book, start to finish. Really? It was a novella. It was a Elevation. It was only 160 pages or something. Okay. So it wasn't very good. What a shock. Yeah. So anyways, what's up with you, big dog? Well, uh, I bought an airbrush kit. and uh, uh, Can you describe what that is? I'm unfamiliar with such things. Well, are, you, are you familiar with airbrushing? Like with onto like an air compressor? Yeah. Do like, you have an air compressor in your house? I, uh, well, I have a oh, just this airbrush, and I have a they, they sell. I don't know if you can see this. So this is a pump. This is a compressor. Okay. It's a little mini guy. It's about the size of a little Bluetooth speaker for anyone uh, who's listening audio, yeah. it's an, which uh, is all I, we offer. It's an Iwata uh, Neo Air. Okay. And uh, yeah, then the it's an Iwata CN. But so this is the interesting thing. So this has been in my mind for days. And okay. I was like, I want to get this thing. At the store, we sell these things. But right now, stock's a little low. Um, we brought mm-hmm. in one really decent kit last week. It lasted about two hours. And by, by the time we can get another one in, it's not going to be till the end of July. And I was like, son of a bitch. So I had to like really hum and haw. This is like a beginner kit, which is mm-hmm. good because I've never done this in my life. But I already know that I'm going to probably, if, if this is successful and I'm doing this for any amount of time, I will grow this one really quick. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, uh, having fun, you know, prim- so what prim- did- priming up, painting some orc boys. Orc boys, hey? Orc so boys. you've never actually said on air what you're doing. Are you into Gundams or like what's going on over there? <laughs> oh no, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't fuck with those Gundams. That's a is that is that advanced uh, for uh, the painting? Yeah, it's uh, advanced is what we would say to the okay. to the special kids. It's like you're, say, oh. you're advanced. You know, you know, I know, uh, I know a close personal friend who's into no. the Gundams. Oh, I, I'm aware. <laughs> okay, so you're painting orcs. Uh, Gun- is no, this like, oh yeah, so yeah, no, there's nothing wrong. Hammer? G- Gundams are cool. Um, yeah, people are real. People are real hard into like everything though right now. No, I'm uh, I'm painting miniatures, RJ, minis. What are they used for? Uh, just to have. Uh, right now, they're just to have. Some people okay. like a lot cool. of these are like. I say most of the ones I'm using are essentially being used for game pieces, be it D and D or Warhammer, Warhammer 40 K. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I have no real interest in playing these games. I don't really like the, the diceness of the games. They're not like super mm-hmm. strategic games in the way that I like them, but mm-hmm. those miniatures are fucking awesome. They are so nice. I've always liked them, but since a young age of, 14 when i was like first introduced to warhammer and i was like yeah i'm gonna play warhammer it's gonna be great and I, like mm-hmm. undead and eldar oh, i'm gonna paint these things but i had limited means and once mm-hmm. you buy like one of these like kits with figures and uh have like many other uh hobbies like comics and playing magic mm-hmm. this game uh, is very expensive and then you have to buy paint and glue and all the hobby stuff to like make this stuff and i was settling for old testers and uh, testers paint mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't do it. It's not, it's not as good as uh, the acrylic. Yeah. But so I I painted some really really crappily when I was a kid. Never really got better. And then I said, ah, enough of this. And I just put down the brush, RJ, twenty years ago. But Damn. but all of a sudden, in the last you know three weeks, I've been like, I should paint. I could do this. Mm. There's like a million tutorials on YouTube to walk you through. And mm-hmm. like, I've seen some of these guys that paint. It's like, 
I could do I could do this. I could win mm-hmm. this. So I've uh I've got like a little shelf going on, loading them up, getting better and better. And of course now I'm like, well, I gotta get an airbrush. I mean, all these mm. videos, these guys are always busting up these airbrushes all the time. I'm like, well, I gotta I gotta get one too. I gotta be cool. And uh, no, I have are those one. for like wide sprays though? That's not for fine work, is it? Uh, you can get like if you get really good at this stuff, you can definitely yeah. get like a really small nozzle and do mm-hmm. finer detail. The one I've got, like this is like very beginner. And so for what I'm doing right now, which is like doing priming, which like mm-hmm. I could and I've done, like I could just take a spray paint can and go out into like the the backyard and just mm-hmm. spray this on a piece of wood, which I have done. But the problem with that is it's so dependent on humidity. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have been experiencing a irregularly, abnormally hot and warm, wet summer. And a so, what summer? Hot, wet, okay, warm, yeah, okay. just mug- I, I, humid, I wet. Yeah, it's, sure. Yeah, whatever. It's um, <laughs> yeah, it's been not ideal for using a aerosol can to sure. spray stuff. So I'm like, well, fuck. If I just get a goddamn uh, airbrush, I can do it any time, right here. In Maynard. Yeah. And? And yeah, I did it last night for the very first time ever. I painted up and some, I was doing some orcs. You know, I was just spraying, orcs? spraying some orcs. Orc boys. Boys. You got any bugbears over there? No bugbears yet. Waiting when for, are you going to get, wait, waiting for when a are you going to get real? I've got like an apple box filled with D&D minis. They're pre-painted. Mm-hmm. Horrible. These pre-paint jobs, they're so fucking bad looking at them now. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's like, man, you get what you pay for, I guess. When you're paying like pennies on the dollar for these things, and you're like, huh, yeah, they didn't really put their hearts into this, but they're probably being paid like two bucks an hour. So. Probably. So I, what I'm picking up here, Jared, and uh, I got to say, I'm glad that you're uh, getting into this new little hobby. Uh, and uh, you're right, models are cool, Gundams are cool, whatever keeps you busy, right? Mm-hmm. I the through line that I'm seeing here is that you and me have both try to expand ourselves and yeah. try something new, right? Right. So, so the real question is, when are you going to airbrush my skateboard with uh, the like a, <laughs> like there, a really is, edgy graffiti is, criterion C? Is there any need, though? Are you ever going to use that skateboard again? I'm probably going to sell it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> a, a, a better man would probably buy elbow guards and uh, wrist guards and stuff. But then at the same time, it's like, do you, I? You're a quitter, though. I, I am a quitter. Yeah, no. I, I do know how to ride a bike. I can do that. So it's like maybe maybe I'll just do what Andrea said to do like six months ago, buy a bike and call her a day. That sounds like a plan. But I mean, you could still airbrush the skateboard and just have it as a um, a trophy on the wall, I guess. Yeah, a failure. <laughs> well, it's like, you know how, the, you know, serial killers always like to have artifacts. It'd be like for all of all of my failures, you could start collecting things. So the right. skateboard could be the most recent one. And then, I mean, if we tried to go retroactively, you might have to rent a storage unit, but uh, we could get it all in there, right? Yeah. Can't well, Can't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad to hear that you're having some success. Well, see, I'm, my, I'm, I guess, my success, I guess, is like, I don't, well, so far... I'd have to get like a an actual like mini compressor if I wanted to start working with some enamel or oil. Uh, that right. stuff could actually kill me. But so far, I'm pretty good. Nothing's gonna. I'm not gonna break anything. Well, I'd say it's probably harder now to get the kind of mask you would need for painting because I... those masks are probably in high demand, right? Yeah, those uh, respirators for paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, I was searching Canadian Tire's website and they don't even pop up. 
there's just like nothing there and i went huh what about home hardware ah uh, come on that's that's that feels inappropriate I had to buy some tubes for my furnace last week because uh-huh. uh, I was doing some weird furnace stuff. And uh, it's summer. Oh, what, what do you need? To, what do you? What do you need to do? Work on your furnace for? Well, this so is like, this uh, is grade A podcasting. I just want to point this out. This is like, good podcasting. We're talking about bro- broken radial tips and <laughs> and airbrush tips. And mm-hmm. Now we're talking about furnace tips. Well, I I would actually if there's any like. Uh, like plumber or furnace guy, gal that listens to the show, I'd love to get some input. So like we have an air conditioner and it, so it runs through the same as the furnace, like through the vent, the same as the furnace. And uh, it was leaking like a week ago. And I was like, what the shit? And I found there was this like hole. There was, there's one outlet where like condensation from the uh, uh, air conditioning gets drained out into a drain. But there was a second hole that had no tube and it was just like spurting out and i don't know if i actually solved it or not because it was leaking again a day later and i was like what the fuck so anyways i'm in good shape over here i'm doing great other than the broken elbow hey man that's nothing compared to the broken dreams that's true let me tell you (laughs) broken spirits broken spirits 2020 man it's uh it's all coming up millhouse (laughs) it's true it's true Mm-hmm. Well, you want to hear from some emails that might enliven the spirits from Any from the from the, de- the, the, the 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 denizens of of Creepsville. Creepsville? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd love to. Any females? Yes. <gasps> All right. Well, I'll let you take it away. I guess we we have one from Vivian C. Oh dear. Hi, creeps. In brackets, Viv six point seven. Hi, mm-hmm. creeps. Hope that both of you have been doing well in these trying times. I've been listening for a while and have been debating writing in for a long time, but I've decided to do it after entering a soft tattoo pact with RJ over Twitter. Just mm-hmm. have to finance that Ernest Borg 9 tattoo. Mm-hmm. My letterbox name, if you hadn't deduced yet, my real name is just Vivian, is based off of the 1995 Russell Crowe virtual cyber film, Virtuosity. And I wanted to ask you what your favorite Y2K cyber films were. My personal favorites are Hologram Man, Hackers, and Johnny Monomic. Regarding Jean Benet from last week's pod, I was wondering if either of you had seen casting Jean Benet from Netflix. It kind of has that film production trick documentary angle that my Scientology movie or The Act of Killing does. Might be worth checking out if you hadn't yet. I for, I, had, mm. I have totally forgot about casting Jean Benet, but now I remember that happening. Mm. Well, I asked you last week, and uh, it seemed like there was well, I, I nothing, was exp- nothing like substantial. Well, but... it's not like I guess in my mind I was thinking like the. Getting that uh, Made in America treatment, that mm. d- that deep dive Bundy tape style uh, documentary, Casting John Benet, it's yeah. I, again, it, uh, I, I haven't it seen fills it yet. In the gaps, uh, probably. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, also, since the both of you mentioned Smellovision, it made me think of John Waters' homage to polyester. Uh, although he did use scratch and sniff cards instead. Imagine what a John Waters scratch and sniff card would be like. Oh, I I know Viv. I know. I, I I was using that scratch card on uh, polyester when I was watching that Criterion. Uh, it wasn't as uh, rank. It wasn't as rank as you would think. Uh, I, I found it was like not how as, rank was it? It just smelled very chemically. So I mean, oh, okay. But it, it wasn't like putrid the way you'd want John Waters. Mm. Something like like real mildewy car seat or something like that. It never reached those heights. 
probably very mm. powerful. Anyways, thanks for the fun film talk and really looking forward to hearing what you have to say about Videodrome when the episode drops. Stay safe and stay healthy, Vivian C. Well, I mean, it's it's nice to hear from new people, Jared, especially new friends of the show, friends of old times, long times. And uh, yeah, so uh, I had interacted with uh, Vivian on uh, Twitter and uh, the Ernest Borgnine tattoo was brought up again. And uh, I said, as soon as the OnlyFans gets funded and uh, we get um, enough enough revenue off of it uh, i can make it so but uh until then it's like i said you know tattoos are expensive and now i got broken arm and stuff like that it's like when when are we gonna have time am i right sure well i mean you got that when nice, are we gonna you, have got, you have a nice blade up broken arm i mean it's, it's a grand old time to get it inked should i up. get it tattooed right on the uh, the elbow yes right where it's, the bone's broken so, so rj how do you feel about <laughs> cyber cinema well, it's like I find that's kind of a um, it's hard for me to like find what's kind of stuff fits in there. Right. Like, are we yep. talking Matrix and Existence or are we talking like Johnny Nunomic? I bring up quite a bit, actually. Like, I think that's a really funny movie to talk about. I've, I haven't seen it in 30 years, probably whenever it came out, <laughs> you know, it's just, 25 I, years. I still have, I don't know these movies. Uh, have you ever seen that lawnmower man? <laughs> Uh, I have seen that long more, man. Uh, both of them, actually. That's true. Even the short film. That, that movie's pretty virtual. <laughs> what about that uh, Full Moon Entertainment? Uh, what was it? Arcade? Which I you didn't. I didn't did see I that watch. one. No. Yeah. Let's take a look. What I'm looking at a uh, the ranking the cyber cinema of the 1990s list off Tor.com. Okay. Uh, the net. Uh. Brain scan, RJ brain scan mm, I, mean, uh, I just i don't think it's that good that's all you know i don't think so either uh mind warp which one was mind warp from 1990 1992 was like a, a mm-hmm. banner year nice what else we got there's one there's one for you it's, it's got like a 2.7 average on the letterbox that's pretty good Ooh. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. uh there's uh virtuosity god damn look at mm. that that is uh utopia I don't know. I, like some of the stills of Lawnmower Man are pretty sweet. Yeah, but watching the movie is a different thing altogether. How about Reboot? Reboot is the best. I fucking love Reboot. Beast Wars, a- a- aka Beasties. Did you have any uh, Beasties growing up, Jared? I did. Or were you? I, I had uh, Waspinator. Waspinator. That's a pretty cool one. I had um, I had the Rhino, and I had uh, the Raptor, and then um. I think Ryan had the Scorpion and maybe Megatron, but I don't know. Beast Wars was wicked. Reboot was wicked. Do you remember in Reboot when they went on season break and uh, they did a time jump into yes. the future? That was crazy. <laughs> Wild. That was crazy, dude. Oh, uh, number number two on this is the 13th floor. Remember that? What is the 13th floor? It's the 13th floor. Of? Of hell. So that's ninety nine, oh. and it's it's got the tagline, "Question Reality." Um, no. And this guy, who the fuck is this guy? Craig Bierko. Douglas that doesn't Hall. sound like a real name. Well, he's in Fear and Loathing, Las Vegas. Mm. Somewhere. Hmm. I looked up a Y2K list on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. It's got Godzilla in it. Oh, yeah. 98. Minority Report, The X-Files movies. Uh, 
Gattaca. Does Gattaca count? So here's a list. Tech noir, cyberpunk, dystopian cinema, and their precursors. Oh, I don't want precursors. Let's take a gander. Yeah, let's see which ones I've seen. And, we, mm. and let's go in another order. Oh, AI, come on. What about Y2K Family Survival Guide hosted by Leonard Nimoy? So sounds like Viv's about the 90s side of things. I mean, you could always check out Geno Cyber from 1994, the the anime that that I gave that gave a I got I gave that a big uh, two and a half stars. Actually, mm. I think some of the best stuff of that era is the the animes. You got that mm. Neo Tokyo, which is 87. Mm. Goku Midnight Eye. I don't know that one. Uh, Cyber City Oido 808. Cyber Tracker. <laughs> I've not seen Cyber Tracker or Leg- or have I? Apparently, I have, and I remember nothing about it. Hmm. What about oh, Y2K Strange, oh, Strange Days Family Survival Guide? Strange Days has got some moments. What's Strange Days? Strange Days, uh, starring Ralph Fiennes, Angela Bassett, directed by Catherine Bigelow. Hmm. Don't know that one. What? You've never seen? I don't that? know Strange Days. Oh huh. wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's. It's, uh, that would be a recommendation, I guess. Right? Okay. okay. I guess. I mean, if you're recommending it, sure. I guess it is now. What about on this Y2K list, there's Missy Misdemeanor Elliot Hits of Miss E, The Videos, Volume 1. I think I've seen this. Where do you stand on Missy Elliot, Jarrett? Uh, nowhere. Nowhere? I think Missy Elliot's pretty cool. What is going yeah. on with this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. See, I, I, on my uh, on a on a flash drive somewhere, I have got Circuitry Man. That looks pretty cool. What is Circuitry Man? Look it up. Look at that poster. That that is '90s VHS rental right there, man. Circuitry. I should oh. make. I should. That's that's one of those movies I want to bust out on a Saturday night with the boys. With the boys? Yeah. You ever have any cold ones with the boys, Jarrett? No. 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 Not even like a cold soda. Not even a little bit. Circuitry Man. This looks pretty cool. Yeah. There's two of them. By Stephen Lovey. Oh, he did both of them? Damn. That's vision. That's cool. Commitment to his vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Circuitry Man looks cool. Y2K is pretty cool. What's your favorite Y2K uh, TV episode, Jarrett? Uh, <laughs> that's, oh. a, that's a pretty big matzo ball to throw down at you. Man. Well, I but do... Re- I remember when... Um, Homicide Life on the Street did an episode called Homicide.com and it was, there was like a like internet killer and mm-hmm. that episode sucked and then RJ they did mm-hmm. Homicide the movie and it was a sequel to that bad episode and it sucked so bad I was so mad mm-hmm. it ends the series on such a shitty note does not suck when uh, something like biffs the ending mm-hmm. it's like gonna be our last episode we're just gonna botch it. Just gonna say who fucking cares. <laughs> just call it a day. What about um, um, I don't know. <laughs> Dark City is that in Cyber World? It, it's like that flip side of the Matrix for some. The certified Ebert hit, Dark City. I feel like there's a lot of alien movies that could fit into this. Uh, like cross, crossfit in here, you know. 
the contact that contact no mm. no no well thanks thanks for the email Vid. yeah it's it's uh it's great to hear from a new person and uh it's like i said that uh, tattoo contract that'll hold up as soon as the only fans comes through so i will uh, definitely check out this john benet and uh hope to hear from uh viv soon she's got pretty eclectic taste it seems on the letterbox lots of art jared movies which isn't real right rj well i don't think so so Oliver Granger writes in Ooh, with an email right. titled Next Challenge and just Uh-oh. writes all movies with Night of the in the title. And it's a link to polygon.com. I can oh. send this to you, RJ. Give me a moment. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll get you in on the page here. All right. Come on, Oliver. That's it. That's his whole email and this this link. Now we do the heavy lifting. Hold on. Hold the phone. Hey, vintage Oliver. Oh. Vintage. Sent, sent that to you, Hoss. All right. I, let me check this out. Night of the Living Dead. Night of the ranking of every movie with Night of the in the title. Oh, How many I, movies I see, could there I, be? Well, there's apparently at least 82. And okay. at, the, at the bottom is the the Night of the Were Rooster, hmm. followed by Night of the Clown, <laughs> Night That's, of the Animals, Night of the Living Heads. Something about mm. a bad trip. Night of the Templar, Night of the Unspeakable, Night I'm of jumping. the Li- Night of the Living Babes, Night of the Wild, mm-hmm. uh, Night of the Zombies, Night of the Dribbler. Oh, I've heard of that. Mm. You. Night of the Demons, mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead, Resurrection, Night of the Sinner, Night of the Demon, Night of the Beast, Night of the Dead, Lebentod. Do you plan on reading all 82? The Night of the Headhunter, Night of the Demons 3, okay. Night of the Living Dead 3D, Reanimation, Night of mm-hmm. the Blood Beast, Night of the Pumpkin, Night uh, of the mm-hmm. Bloody Transplant, Night of the Great Chinese Lottery, Night of the Prowler, <laughs> Night of the Dog, Night of the Ghouls, <laughs> Night, of, Night, Night of the Clown from 1998, mm. Night of the Living Dead, Darkest Dawn, Night mm-hmm. of the Interview, <laughs> Night of the Seagulls, Night of the Day of the Dawn of the Sun of the Bride of the Return of the Terror, the Revenge of the Terror of the Attack of the Evil Mutant Hellbound Flesh-Eating Subhumanoid Living Dead Part 2. Get it? Get it? What? Night of the Archer, Night of the Lepus, Night of the Howling Beast, Night of the Forgotten, Night of the Laughing Dead, Night of the Cobra Woman, Night of the Living Dead 3D, another one, Night of the Mm. Quarter Moon, Night of the Sorcerers, Night of the Warrior, Night of the Sharks, Night of the Wild Boar, Night of the Flesh Eaters, Night mm. of the Walking Dead, Night of the Kick Fighters, uh, uh, yeah. Night of the Dolls, Night sure. of the Following Day, of course. Night of the Lawyers, cool. Night of the Blood Monster, Night oh, of the yeah. Spanish Fly, Night oh, of sure. the Eagle, Night, the of Cosby the str- one. Night of the Strangler, Night of the Hex, mm-hmm. Night of the Grizzly, Night oh, of the sure. Alien, RJ. Night of the Alien. It looks I like, think I've seen. It looks like it's film. got like it's got a lady in like horse riding boots and a and a knight, like a like a, a literal knight. Yes. Oh, Knigget. Interesting. N- Night of the Creeps. Night of the Devils. Night of the Running Man. Night of the Great Attack. Night of mm. the Demons. Night of the mm. Demons Two. Night oh, of the of Werewolf. Course. Night of the Juggler. Night of the Serpent. Night of the Generals. Night mm. of the oh, Living yeah. Dead. Nineteen ninety. The Night mm-hmm. of the Virgin. 
RJ. Ooh, the night that's of us. the night of the white pants. Oh, who? Not on chilly night. Let me tell you, buddy. Night of the bloody apes. Night of the wolf. Mm-hmm. Night of the demon mm-hmm. from fifty-seven. Night of the living Deb. Deb. Is, is that good? Night of the big heat. Night of the okay. shooting stars. Night of the chupacabras. That's pretty Ooh. high up there. The that night of the cool. hey, night of the hunted. Night of the comment. Mm. Night of the iguana. Uh, that sounds good. Night sounds of cool. the pencils. Night of uh, the living dead at number two and number one. RJ. Mm. Night of the hunter. Uh, <laughs> that invalidates the whole list. Yeah, it's gotta start over. They lost us. Yeah, maybe. Could you do that again, dude? Just really yeah. quickly, and just swap it at the end. Yeah, just say something different. Okay. Uh, I don't know about you, but Night of the Chupacabra sounds pretty cool. That's uh, that's the one that Brazilian horror flick deploys the legendary goat sucking beast of South America as its villain, as two feuding families have to contend with the creature getting in the middle of hostilities to kill them all. It's a fun and ambitious effort from director Ted Rivera that features a neat monster some effective gore and an engaging story Ooh. it's not the it's not the most like that doesn't draw you in that much a neat monster some <laughs> effective gore could have made that spice that up a little bit right Jer? yeah punch it up yeah just a little bit so when does oliver uh propose we do such a thing oh no fuck that no no no. I mean, if we didn't have the next like nine maze already called and claimed for, once, maybe we once, could. Once these Criterion movies stop being three hours long, um, we'll talk. When's that going to happen? Not next week. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up and finally, Justin mm-hmm. Peterson. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby. Tin Drum Week. I bet RJ can't wait to talk about this one. Hey, Jordan um, and RJ, what's happening? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Tin Drum Week has arrived, and here's what I had to say about this weird little German gem when I checked it out a couple of years ago. Possibly the strangest take on the Peter Pan story ever told, complete with Nazis, perverse sexuality, symbolism, and an ear-piercing oh, wow. screen that can shatter glass. Looking forward to hearing you guys chat more about it, including how much you address the icky, underage sexual content. Icky, to be sure, Jared, but uh, we'll get there. Goat movie question of the week. Mm-hmm. What are your greatest of all time Denzel Washington movies? Off the top of my head, I would say Malcolm X, which is the movie I think he should get, uh, should have got a Best Actor Oscar for instead of Training Day. An underrated mm-hmm. movie of his that I've been meaning to see again is Fallen. Fallen? Yeah. What is Fallen? I don't know if I've ever seen it. Uh, it's got John Goodman, I believe. What? Yeah. Are you kidding me, man? 1998. Uh, it's directed by a guy. Uh, his name is Gregory Hoblet. <laughs> Hoblet. That's, that's an unfortunate name. <laughs> Hoblet. 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 Oh, oh, look at look at him. Directed oh, prim, right. tri, Primal Fear, Fracture, Frequency. I've seen that frequency. Oh yeah. And, Who and, hasn't? And Hearts War. Shit. Yeah. Good stuff, eh? Looks like he directed a TV movie of Roe versus Wade. What is Roe versus Wade? Is that a real question? <laughs> what would you say if I said maybe? <laughs> uh, you know what I think my answer is? Uh, I always liked He Got Game. And I'm not just saying that because Spike Lee's in the uh, 
topically relevant at the moment. Uh, I always thought he got game was really good. Uh, let's see here. What's one of the movies? Uh, Denzel. Uh, let's see here. Where he jumps out. Actually, I thought, uh, glory, the movie glory. I don't know that one. Yeah. Most people don't. 1989 civil war movie starring our boy, Matthew Broderick, but it's also got, uh, Morgan Freeman, Denzel, Andre Brogner, uh, also a star of homicide life on the street. Ooh, interesting. But, uh, yeah, Glory's good. I mean, I've only seen it once, I th- believe, maybe twice. But uh, it's like one of those like great sweeping uh, period piece action epics that's uh, mm-hmm. you kind of wish to see more of. It's kind of in line, RJ, with, with like you know the Patriot. Oh, like the Mel Gibson, the Patriot. C- correct. It's a good show, Jer. What about uh, uh Roman J. Israel Esquire? No. Uh, Ricochet is awesome. <laughs> Ricochet Rick, again oh, I, from I don't ni- know if... from from 1991. Is there deep cut? Uh, Virtuosity. Is that a, a Y2K movie? It is, and a Denzel movie. Wow! Look at look at that! Look at the confluence. You know, uh, where, where do you sit on uh, Remember the Titans? I know you're not like a sports guy, but I know you like sports movies. I, I was uh, forced to see that movie. I'm sure you uh, were back in the day, and uh, I believe we often said Remember the Titans. More like forget the Titans. Wow, shameful! And then shameful. And, and, and then I got to write f- for a uh, nationally syndicated newspaper. It was it was weird. I don't talk. Uh, I don't. I don't talk about those days anymore. Was that your headline for the review for that? Uh... Well, because of that, there was an editor who overheard me, and he, mm. he like turned his head and he was like, "Hey, you 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 like to? You think you can do that every week?" <laughs> This guy's giving me gold. Gold. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I would say uh, he got game. Remember the Titans pretty good. Where do you stand on John Q, Jarrett? From have, Nick I, ha- I have not seen it. Cass Avetis. I saw that movie when I was in grade six, and I thought it was really sad. Because I think that's what you're meant to feel. Well, it worked. I was 12 years old, and it worked. What about Inside Man, Jarrett? Inside Man's good. I I don't remember anything about his performance standing out. I mean, he's so good. He's just like one of those like technically Mm -hmm. great actors, right? They just show up. They make it look easy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the worst defense, I think his worst movie, maybe that I've that I've seen is Man on Fire, (laughs) because he's I don't know. He's either like he had some investments in some like really bad like. Hawaiian shirt company because he just starts wearing these fucking shirts like for a long time these massive billy shirts I'm like is this guy like all fat now or is he just like mm-hmm. think these shirts look great and because he needs them to sell because it's like a side hustle or maybe his wife has like a shitty company that makes these shirts and he's just wearing them I don't know but maybe it's like, they're cool shirts maybe you're really, wrong it's really obvious in Man on Fire check it out mm-hmm. folks well I uh, I haven't seen that in a long time I can't even remember him I'll hit you with two more things here. I think Deja Vu is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. A little underrated. A little, uh, that's Tony Scott, that is, right? That is Tony Scott. Tony that movie Scott, was Tony, actually Tony Scott good. loved that Denzel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what is your opinion, Jared, on The Book of Eli? Have yeah, you seen that movie? I have seen it. It was yeah. meh. It was big old meh. Did you like the uh, the real wink ending? Yeah. Gotcha. Wink. That's what they said. Gotcha. What, that he's blind or some shit? Yeah, it was supposed to be a surprise, dude. But it, but it wasn't. It was but like, it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. Make mine pitch black. 
for blind uh blind action dudes yeah is that a good movie pitch black i thought pitch black was really cool uh when i was in high school (laughs) i thought it was very underrated but and then I, I Chronicles of Riddick. I, I think that movie was awesome. <laughs> as a kid, like I was like, because it felt like a uh, a European graphic album. It felt like a, wow. it, it, felt, it felt like a uh, heavy metal, uh, you know, storyline. And like, and his, like, the ending was cool. I mean, it's it's the dumbest shit movie, but I mean, for that type of thing, I'm like, this is rad, and uh, no one else appreciated it. And then I never saw the third Riddick movie. Why not? I actually I didn't care. And I was rewatching those movies and I was like, yeah, these aren't so good. Hmm. Maybe but, that's what you should watch. Better than Book of Eli? Okay. All right. I think we did uh, that justice. Justice Peterson justice. continues asking, what oh. are your top three? Sorry. What are your top three star movies that most people love? Once <laughs> again, let Letterboxd do the work by selecting the highest average rating on your three star movies. Okay. Mine okay. are. The apartment, which I know RJ loves, but I thought the part where she's recovering in bed was really dragged out. Yo, Jimbo, and three colors red. I do love the apartment. Yeah, th- that movie's wicked. Apartment's good. Uh, let's see here. I don't even know what I'm doing. We go by popularity. Yeah, I think so. There, yours is going to be probably the same as mine. It's all uh, Avengers movies and um, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So, like, my bottom bucket here is Endgame, Force Awakens, Avengers, Guardians 2, Ant-Man, three billboards. So. A lot of that stuff. So, my top three mm-hmm. is Nathan for you, Finding Francis. Oh, Jarrett. Oh, Jarrett. Okay, Ran. that's fine. Ran. Kurosawa's mm-hmm. Ran. And uh, no one knows what this one is. The Emperor's Naked Army Marches On. But uh, after that, and these are like, these are a lot of these are TV, The Haunting mm-hmm. of Hill House, the uh, the Flanagan yeah production yeah because okay. I give that fun. three stars, and then uh, we've also got Mummy, which Mummy? I think I'm doing this right by highest popularity, yeah, highest average rating, yeah. Oh, highest average? Yeah, I went by film popularity. I think that might. Give it that's, that might, that's more accurate. Okay, I think that's what it should be. Popularity, now th- well, maybe. If or I go the rating. other it's, way, it's hard to say. Okay, so like my top three for uh film popularity Get Out, The Shape of Water, and Kill Bill, mm. yeah, volume one. See, that Follow, makes sense. Followed by Drive, It, mm. The Martian, Annihilation, mm. Dark Knight Rises, oh, shameful, Moonrise Kingdom. Oof. Batman Begins. Oof. Bad bad call. Gravity. Oof. Real bad call. Kingsman, The Secret Service. <laughs> Oof. Real real bad call. Wow. These movies. It's like people people really give a shit about Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah, that was in my that's what I meant. My popularity was mostly just Marvel and Star Wars, but if I go the way you went, average rating, it's Andre Rublev, Redbeard, and Chloe from five to seven. The only two movies that were in both actually were uh, 12 Years a Slave and Three Billboards out of Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, there we go. So, and then further down, using the different rating, yeah, there's Ghetto and Kill Bill. Still on that mm-hmm. first page. Yeah. Hmm. Y- yup. <laughs> what about the Silver Linings playbook? Uh... I know that's a favorite of yours. 
no, no. Don't you, don't you love that guy? Oh, what is this now? One uh, AFI's 100 Years of Movies list. What haven't I seen? There's got to be a letterbox version of this. Where did you get that? We sent, uh, Justin sends a Wikipedia page. AFI's 100 Years. Let me just look this up. Maybe there's a list version that'll just answer the question. Okay. 400 movies? No. What version? No, what, get, ver- what, ver- what, what version are we using here? I don't know. 2007. Okay, I found one. Uh, pers- a personal ranking. Oh, okay, never mind. That's fine. I don't give a shit about that. A Star Wars mm-hmm. number. Okay. Have you found it yet, or should I send this to you? Oh, I wasn't even looking, dude. <laughs> okay, I'll send it to you. I'm I'm one armed right now. My uh, my productivity <laughs> is uh, at an all time low. Oh, unfortunate. Yeah. Hold on. Oh, this all this skyping on the Bagul network. There we go. All right. I, I, mean, I I'm assuming this is going to be fairly accurate. So I've only seen not five movies. <laughs> Hi. Uh, hide. Watch I've me. seen sixty one percent. What? Oh yeah. wow, that was an echo on that. <laughs> well, I haven't I've, seen I've seen ninety-five percent. Okay, that's fine. But I mean the movies that I haven't seen, let's look. Singing in the Rain, It Happened One Night, All About Eve, The Philadelphia Story, okay. Some Like that's, It Hot. I have never seen the Philadelphia story. Okay. Sophie's Choice. I've never seen Sophie's Choice. The Best Years of Our Life. Uh, Sunrise, a song of two humans. Yep. I don't know what the hell that is. I've Silent never seen film. Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. Double Indemnity, I've never seen. Uh, Bring It Up, Baby. No. Uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy. <laughs> I've never. No. Nor, nor have I. All the President's Men. Uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yeah. Wizard of Oz. What? Wait, is that the actual Wizard of Oz? I've yeah. seen that. Oh, I didn't have that locked. So I moved up to 62. Uh, what else we got here? Um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Really? Very true. I've got, I've got to set you up with some of these uh, Westerns, though. You could. You could you've done that before. Uh, Last Picture Show, which I had thought I had seen, but I guess not. Modern Times, Duck Soup, uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Um, what else we got? The Bridge Over Ridge, River Kwai. Oh. Yes, I know. City Lights, Nashville, mm-hmm. uh, The General, Buster Keaton, um, Intolerance, Love yep. Struggle Throughout that, the Ages. That's my fourth. That, yeah. The Gold Rush, Shane, uh, The Sixth Sense. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the African Queen, uh, West Side Story, Bonnie and Clyde, Gone with the Wind, <laughs> Easy Rider. Uh, what else we got here? Deer Hunter, Cabaret. Cabaret is my fifth one. Okay. Okay. So, um, and then, uh, Streetcar Named Desire and that's it for me. Oh, and, uh, Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. Uh, Yes, I know, Jared, but like they're all Criterion movies and I'm going to get to them all eventually. No, a lot of those aren't. Most of them. Those are the movies, see, those are the types of movies that people will say, "Mm, I'm going to revoke your podcast license. (laughs) We never got a license because we're not... We're illegals? Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've said many times, we've never pretended to uh, be professional. So I don't know what all these other people expe- expected uh, of okay. us. So Justin's got 14 films he's not seen. And I know he just logged uh, Sophie's Choice. Okay. And I think I mean, he might have also logged Yankee Doodle Dandy. Oh, that's, nope, nope. He hasn't watched it either. Uh, well, Philadelphia Story. 
Intolerance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yankee Doodle Dandy are three that we share. And he's never seen High Noon, Maltese Falcon, Best Years of Our Lives, The Philadelphia Story, Shane, It Happened One Night. That's a criterion. <gasps> Intolerance, Duck Soup, Sullivan's Travels. Oh, Justin. Oof. That's Justin. a good one. That is a super, it's, a de- it's a decent one. I like Pretty that. Decent. I like Lady Eve better, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. And Night at the Opera. We, we just knocked mm-hmm. that one out, RJ. I know. Yeah. Bringing Up Baby is a future creep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are any of these all-time bangers that I should see ASAP? Uh, well, you should watch High Noon because we talked about it on the podcast. And mm-hmm. uh, Duck Soup, yes, I think I think is a must. Solvent's Travels, yes. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Your mileage may vary. Like If you like talky dramas, mm. Night at the Opera goes along with Duck Soup. Bringing up baby, I've never thought was like super amazing. Some people absolutely love it. I just think it's, eh. eh. Mm-hmm. And Yankee Doodle Dandy, I think, is probably and arguably the worst movie of this batch. The worst? I think so. I I don't know. Okay. It, people don't like this movie, but some do. Some mm-hmm. people. Someone has to like this movie, but I'm not. I'm not seeing who those people are. Maybe it's me. Thanks for the time, gents. Have a great show. Oh. Cheers. To you also. Thank you to all of the people who emailed in, especially uh, those uh, first timers. We're always looking for the first timers, Jared, because I think once you email once, then you're uh, you're like, oh, I can email in every week, right? You're hooked. You're hooked. How could you not be, right, Jared? Mm-hmm. Well. Well, hey, yeah. RJ. Yo. That's emails. What you been creeping on this week? Serial killers. Yeah, that's that's cool. You're finally catching up. <laughs> to the rest of us sickos well i mean i i know about all these guys i just haven't watched the documentaries on them you know right. and like things of that nature do you have a what, what do you want me to talk about <laughs> i was not like what else do you have a favorite serial killer <laughs> I, I wasn't but do you no <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> no no who's your, who's your favorite uh <laughs> no i was not do you? I was gonna say. Do you want me to do Star Trek first? Or Star I, Trek, please. Okay, I have I have quite a few. Maybe I won't read them all. I have a potentially eleven episodes. Oh, do it. Talk. Do it. Okay. I I, well, I watched literally one movie this week, and it, okay. and it'll be take no time to talk about that. Okay, that's good then, because I just finished season four, so I can awesome. I can cap it off. Oh, sweet! You finished season four. Season four. Yeah, and, and, I'm and, done. Okay, go for it. So four point fifteen. Uh, this one I was, this one's got a little more detail than I usually give. Cause I was confused making contact before warp potential question mark, alien spies question mark, horny Riker bones down exclamation point three out of four stars. So this is like, it's a, it was a civilization on the, like they were on the brink of having warp drive and it was like the Federation was spying on them. So Riker went down as a spy and I was like, that's kind of strange. I was like, this seems like outside of the diplomacy that they usually operate on. Why, why would know? they send a commander down? Who Riker? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He was like, he was just spying on them to see if they were like, why would they send ready? him though? Because he Riker always goes, man. He's always like piloting the shuttle. He's always like offering himself. But as, aren't like, they? Yeah. Aren't they aware of his like? Like, aren't they testing him for his insatiable lust and his like STIs that I'm sure like they can cure like immediately. Sure, that's why he's so um horny. Right, unchecked, yeah. unchecked, and uh, 
I mean, that's one thing. Like, does uh, polyamory cease to exist in uh, Earth kinds uh, by mm. this point? Because it doesn't get really brought up that often. What? Except for it's like weird alien planets. Mm-hmm. They do talk about material possessions. And it's actually, it's funny you bring that up because an episode later is about a romantic relationship with the parasite. So it's like, it does get discussed. But anyways, Riker does bone down with an alien and she brings it on because she's like, I've always wanted to be seduced by an alien. And he's like, I guess I got to do it. And he winks to the camera. (laughs) As he does. As he does. So it was a pretty good episode. I was just like. I was confused by the, uh, I was like, I wonder, I was like, this isn't, doesn't seem like standard protocol for the, the Federation. The but fe- well, I like to call them the Feds. Whatever. Uh, 416, um, Jordy, the incel stalker slash space alien C-sections. So I don't know if you remember earlier in the season when I talked about, or it could have even been last season when Jordy dates the computer, he gets like. He gets the hollow deck to make this other scientist. I think the only he, time I remember he's bringing up Jordy last and him falling down a hole. He falls down a hole, and then in the very next episode, he dates the computer. Okay. So he gets the hollow deck to like make a program that's like a different engineer scientist, and it's a lady, and he falls in love with her. And in this episode, she comes to the ship, and he like. So she comes, all right. Oh my God, Jarrett, Jarrett, Jarrett. Uh, she comes. She boards the ship as he would and uh he like knows all this personal information about her and he like really creeps her out and then he's like but baby and she's like i don't even know you so jordy's an incel uh 4.17 freddy krueger boards the enterprise body big morgue suicide club klingons three out of four stars very good episode i don't know if you know this one bob england himself well, it's like none of them can uh, – none of them are resting and they they all start having wild dreams. And yeah. there's a scene where Bev's in the morgue and all the body bags sit up. And I was like, whoa. Worf tries to kill himself. This huh. thing was crazy. It's a good episode. Uh, 418, Jordy turns into a blue-white oh, salamander yeah. fluke man. Yeah, I remember Two that. Two out of four stars. Yeah, I remember that shit. Not the best. No. Uh, 419, Barkley Fox. Three out of four stars. <laughs> this one, Barkley gets transcended to a higher intelligence and he takes over the Enterprise, basically. Right. Yep. Barkley episodes. Uh, Barkley episodes. I like them, man. I like Barkley. Oh, there, there's a, the next time, there's like a Barkley episode. I won't get into much. Uh, yeah. It's, it's actually one of the highlights, I think, of okay. the uh, series. It's just like for memorable stuff. Mm. I've liked them all so far, so I can't wait. Uh, 420. Quote, I am not a merry man, end quote. Three out of four stars. So that Q <laughs> oh, comes no, and Robin yeah, Hood's everyone. Yeah, it, yeah. It's not bad. It's fine. <laughs> I liked Data is Friar Talk. That was yep. pretty fun. But I mean, that's a novelty episode. Nothing like crazy. Yeah. Uh, 421, Mr. Picard goes to Washington. Three out of four stars. This was a good one. This was all about diplomacy and racism and uh, uh, just strong politics, Jared. Because there was a guy who was half Romulan and they were trying to kick him out of the Federation because he said he was half Vulcan. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Very topical. Here's one for you, Jer. 4.22. Mother Troy tries to change other cultures' customs. One out of four stars. Oh, she's a real Karen, huh? Well, she comes and she meets this guy and it's like it's their planet's custom to like 
uh, suicide at 60 years old. Oh, yeah. Yes. Want to care for elders. And she like tries to completely change the entire world's like way of life. And Picard's like, he's like, nah, nah, nah. He's like, we don't do that shit. He's like, we don't interfere with them. And she's like, it's wrong. And he's like, to you, it's wrong. But to no one, not to them. So I was just like, mm hmm. It's like this episode doesn't play as well anymore. You know what I mean, Jer? You know what I mean? Doesn't yeah, I just so. got a couple more. Uh, 4.23, Enterprise Spa Day, Bev dates a space worm. Two out of four stars. Yeah. So there's a worm that takes over people's bodies, and Beverly Crusher dates it. There's all, and then, like, she finds out, and then he's like, but why don't you love me still? So, anyways. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got here? 4.24, Mind Control Jordy, two out of four stars. I don't like Mind Control. He gets kidnapped by the Romulans. It's fine, right. but, like... They're building up this big Romulan thing, and uh, that comes to a head at the end of the season. It's just, I don't like mind control. I think it's shitty. Yeah. Uh, 425, Data Fox again, <laughs> slash Event Horizon. Four out of four stars, Jared. Wow. This episode is good. So Data dates a lady. So she's interested into him because she says she's into like emotionally... Uh, unavailable men or something so data is like perfect for her and he gets like he goes around asking for advice and Riker's like you gotta lay it down like this <laughs> and so data's like hey babe want a date but then there's like this uh there's this thing that is like shifting things on the enterprise and it's like phasing in and out and yeah. there's and, like someone phases into yeah. the floor right and i was like whoa i was like that's pretty cool for star trek uh, and then, um, I, I just liked it cause I like seeing data do stuff. Uh, and then, uh, 4.26 Klingon politics be crazy. OMG wharf three out of four stars. This is when the, uh, the Klingon Romulan war, I believe is beginning. We, yeah. I saw those two lady Klingons wharf resigns, Jared. Mm-hmm. And man, it, it uh, breaks your heart when he's leaving the enterprise. It's just, it's, it's a sad thing, Jer. Mm-hmm. Sad indeed. So uh, done season four now, and uh, we're gonna keep rolling, right, Jer? I Apparently, I, I I don't know, man. I'm on board. I, I like Star Trek. Well, I mean, I, I'm assuming at this point uh, you've got to be enjoying yourself. I mean, that's that's a lot of uh, episodes you've watched in a short period of time. I did, I did, I did. So you've I seen Re- Re- Redemption Part One. What? Yep. No, no mention of uh, Sella. Who's Sella? The the Klingon the, names are the, like, the, the Romulan officer who bears an uncanny oh, resemblance to uh, Miss Denise Crosby. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what the shit? I was like, what is going on here? She even has a snide mark. She's like humans pop up when you least expect. I wasn't going to say, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anyone else. Oh, no one cares. How, Nobody cares. Do you, do you like that Galron? Which one is Galron? Uh, he's like, I don't know. He's like one of the main Klingon dudes. The one that Worf sides with, or the the opposition with I, the two girls. I don't know who he chooses. Or is he the old guy with the enormous? He's, he's the he's the younger guy. The younger guy. Uh, Worf, yeah, he he sides with Gowron and Kern. Okay. <laughs> See the the names escape me, but I know what they look like, and I know who they're with. If oh, that makes sense. I just like saying things out loud like that, like Gowron, like Gowron and Corn. Yeah. Do you like the band Corn? No. No. Okay, that's fine. No. Do you have anything to uh, comment on for my uh, Star Trek watching for the nope. week? 
Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Good. So I got into some Jarrett territory. You did. So I watched uh, a couple serial killer docs. I watched that one you recommended, Tales of the Grim Sleeper. It's mm-hmm. good. Yep. So I, I do know this Broomfield guy. Yeah. Or, yeah, Broomfield. So I, I do have Big in Tupac, which I actually looked online. It's That thing's like $50 on like some sites. I was like, what? It's probably out of print. Probably out of print. Uh, so I always like that a lot. Uh, I remember last week you were saying you he puts people off because he's like a lot of the time in the documentary that didn't actually bother me that much. Uh, but, it was but more it's just like his style, his like actual yeah. style is I think more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, the only thing I didn't like about this thing. So, uh, up front, it's really good. It's a crazy story that it happened. Uh, I think the documentary does a lot better job at kind of just speaking to like what was going on and is continuing to go on. Like, in this place at this time and why such a thing could happen. Right. Where it's like, how could this guy just murder a hundred people? It's like, that's pretty crazy. And it's like, Oh, they were like classified as like uh, crack heads. So it was like, nobody cares. I think that was like one of the quotes a cop said is like, he's just killing crackheads. So it was like, okay. Um, the story's crazy. I do like the way that they approach it where it's a lot more talking to like a, uh, the people involved in the community and they don't, they don't really highlight uh, what he did that much. Like they kind of just say, they're like, well, he just killed them like however he could and then would dispose of them. But I think sometimes they glamorize the, uh, the murders a little bit too much. And I think that's the wrong thing to do. So I think this thing does that uh, really well. The one thing I didn't like is I don't like how he questions people. Uh, Cause I, I don't know if it's just something that I get hung up on. I know I have a lot of hangups, but I don't like when people are interviewing and, they're like leading them towards stuff and like you can do it in anything like it could be documentaries it could be like politicians it could be like doing a survey for mcdonald's or something if you phrase a question in a certain way like i saw the trump campaign was doing things like that where it's like it's like if you were to vote next year who would you vote for like an american patriot or (laughs) it's like or someone who like absolutely murders and rapes people and it's like uh american patriot and they're like you're voting for donald trump it's like yeah of course that's an exaggerated version of that but it's like i don't i uh i find sometimes sometimes it's more evident than others and i i I found he was doing it a little bit here and i was like "Eh, i get it i i see why they do that it's like sometimes you need to like co uh course things out of people i guess but it's like i think when you lead them there's a bias there it's like is that actually their opinion or are you telling them to say that you know what i mean jer i hear you so uh no uh grim sleeper is pretty good pretty crazy story right jer yeah no it's uh it's been a while since i've seen it but i remember doing doing his job and i do like i, I don't mind uh nick broomfield style but i know it definitely uh rubs people wrong at times yeah I don't mind his style. I just didn't like that, the way he questions, but whatever. And then I watched, I don't know, have you seen, Jarrett, the Confessions with a Killer, the Ted Bundy tapes? I have not. So this is a four-part Netflix series directed by Joe Berlinger, the same man who in the same year made Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, and the man who brought us the Paradise Lost franchise and Mm -hmm. Blair Witch 2. Book of Shadows. Oh dear! So pretty, pretty sick dude. Um, so as I mentioned before, I I know these guys, but I actually didn't know their stories too much. I never like had the curiosity to like read a book on Ted Bundy or anything like that. I, I was like, I know who he is. He killed a bunch of people. Bad dude. Bad dude. Bad dude. Uh, so this was kind of like 
it was one of those things. It's like it's news to me. I mean, uh, you could always uh, read the stranger beside me. The uh, what's her name? Is, Anne, the Anne Rule book. Isn't that what uh, that in, extremely wicked is supposed to be? It's like from her. Isn't that based on that book? I think probably. But I mean, there's also a film, The Stranger Beside Me, from like '95. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah. I don't know. I think that's like what it is. Uh, I didn't care to watch that thing. We might no. eventually, but um, just watch Ted, uh, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." De- 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 Dennis Reynolds is uh, pretty well like Ted Bundy. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, the uh, uh, I'm I'm picking up what you're laying down. I agree. <laughs> but uh, Bun- Bundy tapes is good, man. It's uh, it's really good. It's it's uh, a four. It's basically a four-hour documentary. They really dig into like some of the stuff he did. I think the craziest parts of the story was like the amount of like leeway and flexibility he was given because he looked like an okay guy, which is like the defense that everyone always says. Like he escaped twice, and the one time it was just because they were letting him like do his research in the library alone, yeah. even though he was in custody and he just jumped out the window mm-hmm. and, and like the defense, everyone always says, they're like, I mean, he looks pretty good. They're like, he's a, he's a potentially a law student. He's got a psych degree. Like he seems good to me. And like, even the judge who actually convicts him in uh, Florida, he's like, you know what? Like at the end, he's like, I wish you well, ma- young man. He's like, you seem like a good, <laughs> a good kid. He's like, but we're going to charge you with all these murders anyways. He's like, but I, I hope you're the best. Cause he's like, you do seem like an okay guy. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, man, he's not that charismatic. Like he, when you watch him, you're like, yeah, this dude's a weirdo. You can, you can tell pretty quickly. So I guess just being a white, young, normal looking guy, he was like, able to kill 40 some people women yeah 40 some women yeah or however i think they i think they finish they resolve around 30 but uh it's kind of up in the air if that's an accurate number or something like that anyways it's a good documentary yeah i mean i I want to watch it but at some point in my life but uh i'm I mean, these these minis aren't going to paint themselves. You know, you should double down and watch, throw this on while uh, while you're painting your minis. Well, I'm also watching tutorials still. Oh, I'm right. Learning. I got to learn how to take my my airbrush apart. Uh, well, uh, techniques. Mm-hmm. Well, when you do master it in a matter of months, then you can mm-hmm. pop on uh, the Ted Bundy tapes while you uh, airbrush. That's right. But it's pretty good. I uh, I can't wait to see your Ted Bundy. Uh, card collection i know you have that serial killer card collection yeah and that one might be your prized possession i don't know mayhaps but uh so after that jared we we did watch another of the Eron's uh thing on hbo and this episode was all about the rapes that he did it was pretty uh it's pretty hard to watch oh. you know that Eron's, right that that gold state the golden state killer yeah I found uh, I there, they had some details that I found were even more troubling than the stacking of the plates, but oh. ugh, some uh, grizz- great. <laughs> grizzly stuff, dude. Um, and then um, we we started watching the new unsolved mysteries because okay. somehow, okay. Uh, despite all um, all evidence to the contrary, Andrea is into this right now. So I was like, all oh. right. So uh, she's like, do you want to? I she was like unsolved mysteries. What's that? And I was like, let me tell you. So we're watching the new one now, and then uh, when we run out of episodes, we'll go back and watch the old ones because they're all on Prime. But we watched the first three. Uh, the first two were pretty good. The third one is uh, 
it's dark. It's like it's mostly just like a true crime hour long documentary because they know who did it. It's like someone who killed an entire family in France. And the unsolved mystery is like he just disappeared and it's like, mm-hmm. Ooh. yeah. so that 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 one like it was a that one's pretty dark to watch. You're like, oh, yeah, like, that's prized possessions are uh, the old unsolved mysteries DVDs for because mm-hmm. for years this stuff wasn't available. But now it's all available to stream. You can just uh, spook yourself out and be like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, just imagine going like camping in your trailer, pulling off to the side of the road, hanging out and then mm-hmm. you're you're all dead. And no one knows who killed you at all, and they never. Nobody find, will and, ever know. And they never find out, and you're and you're just dead. Hmm? Yeah, it's the good. Uh, it's good stuff. The uh, the intro song that was something that scared the shit out of me as a little kid because my parents would watch all. watch it when do, I was sleeping, and do, I'd pretend to be asleep, do, do, crawl to the stairs. They're going to get you, stuff. and then the aliens are going to fuck you up. Yeah, I, I saw that the alien episode of this new stuff is one of the uh, least liked, and it's like, oh, come on, it's like you freaks, you got to get down with the aliens. It's so played though, the whole alien thing. Uh, Anyways, what did you do this week? I rewatched Unforgiven. Hmm. Guess what, RJ? Is there any reason? Um, Corey, just felt like it. Corey's girlfriend had never seen it hmm. and is Corey's gr- girlfriend Colin Richards yep one in the yep. same and so is, uh it was like hey you want to watch that Unforgiven and I was like yeah okay like you twisted my arm mm. it's been like four years it feels like it's been longer but then I remember I watched it during the uh the best picture uh project of watching stuff right. and yeah watched it again and man the one the biggest takeaway off the top of my head though was watching this on blu-ray this like 2008 blu-ray and i remember when i saw it like even like you know several years ago i thought oh this looks amazing what a great mm-hmm. restoration watching it now post 4k it's like eh, this could look a lot better this, 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 this could really boost those pixels it looks like standard def now <laughs> you flipped on it I, I i'm well i expect more now from my uh my blu-rays and my 4ks What's uh the the best 4K that you've seen so far? If you if you know offhand, uh, like best well, looking. Well, 2001 looked pretty good. Oh, okay. Um, where are those? He's looking at the back of his well, his uh, cupboard for old stuff. I found that actually the 4K of Halloween kind of made the movie look worse. Uh, so that's, that's a, a that, that's a risk you run though. The better it looks, that takes away the uh, the sheen of like lower mm-hmm. definition. I've still got that uh, Casino 4K I haven't watched yet. Jaws 4K I haven't mm-hmm. watched yet. Mm-hmm. And I, that would have been I, perfect timing last week for Jaws. It would have been for some oh, well. for some reason. Fourth of July. So I allegedly I just meant because it's summer, you know. Well, you know, Unforgiven uh, takes place on Independence Day as well. Does it? Yep. Is that like an actual plot point, or is that just it's something it's, it's something that someone says? Because when English Bob rolls through town uh whoever is big whiskey um it's mm-hmm. it's independence day and he's going on about how uh uh the president had just been shot and that america should have a queen because he's just mm. trying to he's getting someone angry enough so he can shoot them dead damn english bob so anyway yeah, yeah that, that movie fuck it's like i i love so many parts of that movie but the whole scene when um the Schofield kid and uh William Money are waiting for one of the uh 
the sex workers to return from town with their money after they've accomplished their task. And just like the, the dialogue of that, it's like mm-hmm. so amazing. It's, it's so well written. Hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it, it hits that sweet spot of 90s cinema that you just don't get anymore because <laughs> it's not the 90s anymore. I, I get that, but. Where does it rank in the Y2K, Y2K uh, movies? It would be very close to the bottom, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, but sorry, you're saying uh, in, in terms of 90 movies, it's okay. cream of the crop? Oh, it's, it's I mean, it's probably one of the it's top five best picture winners, that's for sure. If not hmm. uh, top of that pile. It's it's like that, Sounds of the Lambs. Shape of Water? No. Crash? No. Um. The artist? <laughs> oh, maybe Birdman. <laughs> and Birdman? Those are all in the top five, also. I'm assuming, right? Fuck. God damn. <laughs> what was the last farce, time you? Hey? When was the last time you watched that Unforgiven? Oh fuck! A uh, year? Like at least? Uh, not since we've been doing the podcast. Okay. Right? Because I don't think I, I don't remember ever talking about it on here. Unforgiven's wicked. I don't think I've seen it in four or five years. Maybe I should watch it again. Maybe you should watch it. Maybe we should watch it again. Maybe you might have given it to me when I had shingles. Oh, maybe that might that might have been in the stack of a uh, punishment movies that you gave me. Right. To uh, worsen my condition. Yes. Yeah, I do but that. I mean that's fine. That's fine. Uh, you, you got any news over there? I mean, I assumed all the movies were canceled until next year, but they're still canceling movies towards next year because all those Halloween's just got canceled right now so I saw that like his news today but I was like I thought they already did cancel all of the I guess they were hoping maybe hmm, hmm. so this is going to be like the one of the weirdest years ever I mean it already is look you're airbrushing stuff I'm skateboarding like what's going on I know you know what I mean dude what about Tenet it just keeps getting pushed back two weeks and two weeks. Like, I think the right thing to do, they should just fucking delay it for an entire year. Like, yeah. they say Chris Nolan is the one who doesn't want to delay it. But it's like since all those other things about him turned out to be like not real anyways. I'm, it's like I, I bet Warner Brothers is the one that uh, <laughs> is trying to keep that thing going. Push. Yeah. Well, it's like, fuck. Like, I know some people will go to the theater. Mm-hmm. But that's still not. As, there's a lot of people that are just going to be like, nah. Would you go? Mm-hmm. If there was a mask policy? Mm-hmm. Doubtful. Because you know what I the, the thing I I'm afraid of here where we live. Say there was a mask policy, but they still offered snacks and concession. No one's wearing their mask in the theater. They're all going to be slapping down that corn. You know. No. If I went and I was the only one in the theater, that'd be awesome. Yeah, private theater. Yeah, private dancer, you know. Yeah, that would be too bad. I, I think, well, see, I think Corey might have actually gone to Jaws on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm wondering, I haven't heard back from him to see how that went. Do you, do you think he didn't make it out of there? Well, it takes a week to for the symptoms to really kick in. I think I think he'll be okay. But okay. I don't know. It's not like it, it's a, an immediate thing. So mm-hmm. he could have got lucky. But yeah, I don't know. Not having masses mandatory, still uh, troubling. It is like I for saw a theater for for anything for all of life. No, I know some people don't like it, but it's like just do it. Who cares? You know, just do it. Whatever. But it's, but it's summertime. 
So what? Tan I've done way my, more uncomfortable stuff my, in my what life. What about my tan lines? I mean, you you came, you sat outside of my house in the sunlight for about what ten minutes, and you uh, you roasted alive. I, I burnt alive, yeah. So uh, I think other people will be fine. They'll be fine. They'll just, be fine. Just not me. I'll be downstairs in the nice, cool basement with my little compressor. Well, it's going to be like me now. I'm going to go full uh, rear rear window or Bart looking at Flanders with my broken arm. Uh, apparently, uh, our our government has spent uh, a fuck ton of money on COVID, sure. which every government has. Mm-hmm. And what's that? The, the conservatives are trying to make this like a point of saying they're talking about spending. Well, <laughs> good luck. Good luck on that one. Yeah, I don't. The, it's the thing. It's like I people complain like about their country. It's like our country's spending too much. It's like every country in the world is going through this. You guys, it's like we're all in the same boat, man. You know, aren't we? Um, I see something about what is this? Zendaya and John David Washington shot a secret movie during quarantine. Do you know? Tell me what you know about Zendaya. Uh, nothing. I know. I, I know that uh, they're in Tenet. Are they? I think so. I saw Zendaya in those new Spider-Man movies, and I remember everyone was like, "Oh, hey, it's Zendaya," and I said, "Hmm." I said, "Who?" She's a dancer, singer, singer, child. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Well, bud. she she was a contestant on Dancing with the Stars. Is that what she's from? And or, and she was on the sitcom on Disney Channel, Shake It Up. Okay. I heard she's going to be in your uh, pal Dennyville News, Dune. Of course she is. Every, every, right? Actually, I heard everyone's in that movie, including you and me. As uh, as some of the worms? <laughs> where's uh, where's Robert Pattinson Batman, though? Well, uh, I don't know if they're back in the production yet. Probably not. I did see some stuff about Guillermo del Toro, where del Toro, where they're like, let him make his movies, and it's like nobody cares, guys, guys, guys. <laughs> Just put it off another six months. It's fine, whatever. It's fine. It is fine. Who cares? We have look at all these movie movies we're watching now. We don't even need new movies. That's right. Exactly. We have we have the entire history of cinema to delve back into. Exactly. It's like look at it. we're watching. We're watching uh, Unforgiven. We're watching Tin Drum. What do we, we don't need anything else. Go finally watch Karate Kid. Karate Kid 2, Unsolved Mysteries, uh, Tremors, Jarrett. Tremors 2, City Slickers 2. <gasps> Curly's Gold? <laughs> yeah. Come on. With with Jack. With Jack Pounds? That's right. Oh, Curly's Gold, it's a good show. Do you think it's still... Last time I checked on Amazon... What was that that Blu-ray? It was like $80 or something. Let's have a look here. City Slickers Collector's Edition. That's just the first one. That's yep. only $11. That's super cheap from Shout Factory. Damn. Yeah. Uh, let's see. City Slickers 2, Curly's Gold. Man, this thing's just unavailable. Uh-oh. DVD, $62. Oh, my God. <laughs> DVD. See, I fucked up. There was that double pack. It was both. Uh, oh, there's a used DVD for sixteen dollars. Okay. Or there's a VHS tape for seventeen dollars, Jared. 
Would you get the DVD for 16 or the VHS for 17? Uh, only if signed by John Lovitz. Is he in that movie? Oh, yeah, he is. John Lovitz is in City Slickers too? Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess uh, Bruno didn't want to come back. Huh. Weird. It's not, okay. It's not that weird. Uh, yeah, I know, but I, I mean, for a guy who talks about City Slickers too all the time, you... I'd expect I, I better of no you. Idea. Do you, though? No. Yeah, exactly. You, you got me. Exactly. You ready to talk about a movie? Uh, sure. Sure. <laughs> After the break, we're going to shatter all the glass with her piercing scream. <laughs> yeah. Have you been practicing, RJ? Yeah, I did, and uh, I, uh, I shattered something all right. <laughs> Your will to live? That's been broken for a long time, dude. Alles im Schenk vor Glück. 
anderes Zeiten hätte ich auf diese Katze beglauben. Ich stelle mir unter Liebe was anderes vor als nur Sauereien. Das war einmal ein leicht gläubiges Volk. Das glaubte an den Weihnachtsmann. Aber der Weihnachtsmann war in Wirklichkeit der Gasmann. Es war einmal ein Spielzeughändler, der hieß Markus. Und nahm mit sich alles Spielzeug dieser Welt. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about The Tin Drum from 1979, directed by Volker Schlondorf. The tagline for the film, RJ. Mm -hmm. A savage, sweeping epic of society in chaos. Is it? Though? Oscar is born in Germany in 1924 with an advanced intellect repulsed oh. by the hypocrisy of adults and the irresponsibility of society he refuses mm -hmm. to grow older after his third birthday mm -hmm. rj mm -hmm. how do you feel about magic realism uh could you give me a a, a secondary example or an alternative of so what magic realism is some might throw out pan's labyrinth as an example, but okay. I, I would say magic realism, it's a spectrum that we're so okay. fond of here on the podcast. A spectrum. Well, I mean, that it, means it, there's it, variety. So historically speaking, I mean, magic realism has kind of more of like a, like a I think, literary and like mm -hmm. art, like painting and stuff like that. Symbolism, like it's a broad range, but it seems like mm -hmm. in a literary sense, and I believe the novel that this is based mm -hmm. on has been described as like having like magic realism and people lap that shit up. Um, right. But there's like degrees to it. Like there's like kind of more of a whimsical magic realism. Like say, mm -hmm. I'd say like maybe big fish has that, the Tim Burton mm -hmm. movie, uh, yep. Penn's labyrinth has that, but then you start moving down like the, the European strain, which is going to be closer to, um, I, I don't know, a darker, a darker side of okay. reality. Uh, watching, Tin Drum this week. I kept thinking of this one movie called Leolo, which is a French-Canadian movie, but is, like, very similar in kind of, like, these depictions of, like, it's very, it has, like, a whimsicalness, but it's not, like, a positive whimsy. It's, like, a very, it's a macabre darkness about child and innocence and, like, hey, you know, kids play with dead cats all the time and, like, mm. and, like, have sex with one another. That kind of, like, uh, stark reality with, like, 
bizarre things involving animals being skinless or like I don't know. It's a thing. This is in Leolo. Well, Leolo has. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, RJ. The film Leolo uh-huh. has the tin drum beat in all the categories that you will have umbrage with in tin drum. Leolo okay. tops it out. <laughs> like Leolo okay. just bugged me, and uh, mm-hmm. where tin drum is just kind of like. Because <laughs> we were watching I, this almost simultaneously, I think. I think so. And yeah. uh, when I when I see those tags on Letterbox, I just go, "Oh, RJ, mm. what's my favorite one?" Uh, <laughs> I think I was about horror, a half horror, an hour horror, ahead. Of horror, horrifying Goblin Child. <laughs> well, well, do you agree? Is that an appropriate take? Um. So it depended because, like, at times I was like, "Is this child like?" Is this child got like dwarfism? Is it, is I got it, the scoop. I know. I, I figured it out afterwards. Okay. I, 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 but at the time, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, is this like it, that's weird? This is interesting because, man, where do you, where do you begin with the tin drum? Number mm-hmm. one, this movie is not at all what I was expecting at all. I agree. So, 100%. Like, like going into this, like I had not read anything about it. I just was like, okay, it's a uh, Volker Schlondorf who's uh, directed a lot of like um, kind of uh, underdogs in the creeps. Hundred um, percent. And like, in fact, it was like not, made some very good movies. And I was thinking, oh, Tin Drum. I read what this movie's about. This this could be great. Mm-hmm. And then this movie is so different than his previous films. Mm-hmm. That really took me by surprise, and I'm like, "Oh, it's going to be like this, huh? It's going to be about mom eating frawfish and dying. It's going to have uh, the it's going to have fishing with horse heads. Uh huh. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna have um, like young boys riding on top of their babysitter. Yep." Who turns into their stepmom? But yep. that's not the first time or last time that's going to happen. In what? In movies or yeah, in, in life? In, in 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 everything. Okay. Uh, Mario Altdorf with dyed blonde hair, which was bizarre. Maybe he's naturally I, I a blonde. That. Yeah, that was odd. Yeah. Um, this has got a little bit of everything for people. It's got. Um, I mean, the movie kicks off. It's set mm-hmm. in it's set in like what eighteen ninety nine or something like that. Or so. Or so with uh, Grandma, Grandma Drum. She's out in the field uh, roasting potatoes. And mm-hmm. uh, some some German soldiers, I think, are chasing down a Polish man who mm-hmm. he desperately needs a place to hide. And then uh, this lady takes, um, I don't know, some pity on him and lets him hide underneath her, under her dress. And of course, they come. They come looking for him. But of course, he's like underneath her. But while he's underneath her, he's uh he's taking his penis out, RJ. Excuse me. And he's putting it in her vagina. And she, in fact, even climaxes. And you go, whoa, is is this as the kids say problematic? Then it turns out, ah, she's cool, and now they're going to get married. That's um that's the that's the kind of uh, world we're setting up. And there's this, um, like, and there's this child, this this child narrating these things. Mm-hmm. Problematic, I believe, is what you would say, Jared. We, we get a it's, so the other so this movie's 1979. This movie mm-hmm. does not feel like it's from 1979. 
Would, no, would, it doesn't. Would, would, it feels actually very um, contemporary, like mm-hmm. in the sense like it, it feels like a '90s European movie. Um, yeah, which like I don't know what that means, but it does. It definitely like does not have. Uh, it does. It doesn't feel dated at all. It feels. It feels like a very yeah. like fully realized period piece with um, mm-hmm. some additions, some uh, accoutrements, like some what, Jared? Some like you know, Sonic screaming attacks. Yeah, yeah, is uh, that's one of the X Men, isn't it? Yeah, Banshee. Uh, yeah, Banshee. Oh, I was thinking about Banshee a lot watching this. So anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, um, Grandma, Grandma Drum and uh, Grandpa Drum, they, they hang mm-hmm. out for a little bit, but he's like an arsonist. That's just yes. like kind of tossed out there. And eventually, uh, the the, the popo come upon him. He starts running across some logs to escape, and then like uh, insomnia, um, or like the. Uh, was it the loggers waltz log jammers waltz i can't remember something like that yeah anyway so he's he's running away he takes a he jumps to avoid gunfire because they're just going to mow him down and then mm-hmm. he, you never see him again so it's mm-hmm. like did he just drown under the the logs did he did he get away and just never come back because he couldn't who knows so um mama drum she she, mm-hmm. she grows up and she she's in a uh, a relationship with two men one this this mario chud and her cousin because they're they're kissing cousins they are and uh he the our our protagonist uh describes it as there's it was a a very endearing romance and he said it was for a war-torn romance he said it was uh idealistic or something like that yeah. I, I should mention too so i actually i got i dipped into the supplements Jarrett. oh yeah and i watched the one hour interview with volker schlondorf i don't know if you uh partook. i did I, I did not uh the only reason i bring it up now is because uh, that intro with the uh grandma uh roasting potatoes and the man on the horizon john ford style mm-hmm. volker schlondorf uh he believes that is the high point of the film he said, this is the best frame of the film. And he said, he's like, that's not what you want in a movie for the best, the first scene to be the best frame. He's like, but it was. And he's like, it was kind of tough to uh, meet the the same level as uh, that uh, horizon shot. That la- so, the, la- uh, the last shot of this movie echoes that first shot, though, and is pretty good. It does. And it actually yeah. reminds me a lot of uh, Ballad of a Soldier, too. The yeah, last shot it does. Of this movie. Yeah. So, um, Mama, Mama's knocked up, and then we sure get we get the birth of Oscar, where we also get uh, a homage to, or actually a precursor, I should say, to Lars von Trier's The Kingdom. Oh, and, okay. and, and the great lineage of mutant fetuses and monster children. Uh, and you get a mm-hmm. a child like in a womb room that is like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, this is not the movie I was expecting. What, please, what, like, what is this? Please describe that a little bit more, Jared, because I don't know if people fully understand the womb room. The womb room. So it's just like this, the full grown child of this mm-hmm. movie, the kid, the guy, the, the kid who's playing Oscar in this, who's mm-hmm. 11 or 12 years old. He's 10 to 12 during filming. That's okay. what they said. So yeah. he, he's playing a baby. Like he's straight up playing a baby. Yep. <laughs> and uh, he's, but they've like gooed him up and they put him into like a, a red lit kind of like piecemeal uh, 
experimental theater womb and they, they mm-hmm. shoot him like he's like in it and then they show him emerging through it like he's coming through carpet and cardboard and then like there's like even shutters for uh the curtains as he emerges out of the womb and uh then there's like it's hit from his perspective he sees the lights for the first time it's all being narrated and then he gets put into the the wash basin and mentions how uh, the, he he wanted to he wants to go back into the womb, but the placenta's mm-hmm. already been cut, so it's too late. He can't get back in anymore. Mm-hmm. Done deal. And then, but you have like it's not a baby. It's it's Oscar the the the, the man child. It's like eleven year old Oscar yeah. with a bald cap on, covered in fake like embryonic birth. fluid and af- yeah. afterbirth. <laughs> afterbirth. Yeah. yeah, I guess it's like it's birth. It's because afterbirth comes after. So this is sure just, this is just regular old birth. Birthing. Uh, well, I mean, when during birth, Jarrett, um, there's a lot of fluids and uh, there's a lot of like ripping and tearing. So I mean, some of it could just be re- regular old like cool. flesh. You it's know, a, it's a crimson wash. Sure, that's yeah. a way you could describe that. Yeah. So, yeah. So this kid's like kind of very disappointed already. As we mm. all are. Again, yeah. this reminds me of uh, the uh, Belgian horror film Baxter about the killer dog. Because that movie mm. also is like told from a first-person perspective. I feel like Tin Drum is a very important movie in its contribution to like an entire like venue of European cinema that I'm actually quite fond of. Mm. Um, but then you have the Tin Drum, which it just seems so at odds in a lot of ways. Because at times this feels like a Werner Herzog movie, particularly when the little people start showing up and little, little people in Nazi outfits and whatnot and clowns and, mm-hmm. and uh, performers like playing, mm-hmm. playing the glass. Mm-hmm. So anyway, little kid, Oscar, he's kind of like, I don't know, what's up with this kid? He's three years old and he's walking around doing, doing his thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like underfoot watching his uh, mom and cousin, like, f- like I don't know, f- play footsie, some like serious hardcore footsie under the table. They're getting they're they're getting very good at like mm-hmm. playing this relationship up, and like it's like kind of like alluded to that oh yeah, like this kid is probably uh, the cousin's kid, mm-hmm. but uh, apparently this kid is so revolted by adulthood. That, yeah. he, that he makes himself stop aging. Yes, he does. And this is kind of just treated as like, oh, yeah, that happens. That happens sometimes. What, have you not done that? I didn't. I Clearly, I did not do it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that feels more like an error on your end. Maybe. Maybe it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. So he, like, seals the deal by – does he actually throw himself down the stairs – well, in the story, he does. In actuality, they put him on the the camera dolly, and they just kind of backed up with him pretending. Right. Okay. But yeah, like yeah. in this, I'm assuming so, they didn't like shove the child down the steps. Well, Volker Schwandorf describes that scene. He's like, he's like, well, we couldn't do CGI, and he said, and we couldn't get a stunt man. He's like, and he's like, if we had thrown the child down the stairs there was a chance he could break an arm or something. He's like, so we had to find out something different. So I think he actually did consider it at one point. He's like, what would be the harm if we threw this kid down the stairs? Does uh, Oscar have the drum yet at this point? Yeah. He sets it down. Okay. Yeah. So he has the, so he's got his drum, his uh... promised it on his third birthday. And he's three when he decides to hurl himself down the stairs to stop his development. Yeah. So yeah, he comes like non-communicative. Like he speaks very sparingly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a there's a nice like little dance number with Rasputin and like his mm-hmm. his harem of ladies. You get some uh, very nice uh, uh, Rubenesque women, uh, very full, some very uh, full body women. Rubenesque maybe is maybe too much, but yeah, uh, just like no no bodice. You're like wow, this is all in Oscar's head, huh? <laughs> this is this is what's going on. And like all the moms are like really into Rasputin. They're like, oh mm. man. I mean, they still are, Jer. Yeah. Did you know? Uh, isn't Rasputin's dong in like a jar on display in some like Russian museum or I, something? I, I think that is that a I don't wives tale? I don't know if it is true because I, I thought about that. Is giant dong? <laughs> giant dong. Rasputin penis. Okay. Tell me what you find here, because I'm highly the, invested. The preserved penis of Gregory Rasputin. Mm-hmm. Click to see, not safe for work. So there's like something claiming to be his uh, a, a large member. Maybe it's just an old hot dog. Um, something I don't think. What? Uh, something about DNA testing is confirmed. It is a sea cucumber. Wow. Uh. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. Well, you can't win them all, but whatever. You can't in win our, them all. In our dreams, it will always be the real thing. It's kind of like Jack Nicholson spilling that chili. <laughs> it's, 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 that's the magic realism I want to be in. You want to be in the world where that is uh, that wasn't on the onion and that was uh, in a legitimate actuality? Yeah. It, well, it is real. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, Fair it's, enough. It's marvelous realism. Was it a bread bowl or was it a Tupperware that he was eating? Oh, tu- chili? Tupper, Tupperware, my friend. <laughs> bread bowl wouldn't have lasted uh, transit, probably. No, he would no. have enjoyed it more, though. You know. Yeah. So, anywho, uh, yeah, tin drum. So, so, so tin drum. So the kid stops growing up, and like we get these big time jumps now. And uh, we also have the backdrop of the rise of Nazis. It to be early sure. on. It's, it's so it's Poland, right? That were Dan- yeah. Danzig. Glenn Danzig's mm-hmm. house in in his uh, his hometown. Him, Glenn Danzig himself. Yeah. His, what his, was that movie he just made? Uh, Ver, Ver, uh, Veronica. Veronica. Yeah. Okay. So same guy, hey. Yeah. Same Crazy. guy. Same. I can't. Wow. Be, I know links. <laughs> <laughs> I who knew uh, who knew Volker Schlondorf was a big Danzig fan. Not me. Not you. Not me. Oh. Yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> He goes to the circus, mm-hmm. and he sees some little people, and he's like, "Whoa, this this is like this is my style." And he has a chat with them because mm-hmm. they're like, "Yeah," because he's like, "Yeah, I did the same thing, buddy. I I decided I wanted to stop growing too." Yeah, I think there's some there's some mention of hard M's and things of that nature, and then there's also. Uh, mention of uh how he fits into that realm but he's not or so i don't know it's kind of strange like the the actual actor and stuff like uh volk i call him volk he's talking about how they needed to find either or someone with a medical condition and that that happened to be the kid that they did find it's just kind of like by chance he asked a doctor he's like he's like is there such a thing as someone who doesn't grow up and they're like, well, we got one right now, friend. And he was like, really? <laughs> we caught one? That's basic, That's how he tells the story. He's like, we got one right now. And he's like, hmm. And bring, he scoops him up. Bring him out. Bring him out. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, so sure. Um, there's like a, a such a charming scene though. Like, like when you first see the Nazis march, like their little group of them, and they're like trumpeted around mm-hmm. with their little banners, and there's people who are just going out and tossing rocks at them. And he go, uh, mm-hmm. oh, that's that's so sweet. I remember I remember the days like that, where that would be the case still. <laughs> to throw rocks at people, at, at, at Nazis. Like, oh, like actual, actual Nazi people. Yeah, rocks and tomatoes, I think. But uh, you don't want to waste a tomato nowadays, you know? No Things take, as tight as they are. No one takes it seriously, you know? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, we get this, like, little bit where uh, you get to see it because this kid, this Oscar, he's banging his goddamn tin drum all the time. <laughs> he goes to school. He's banging his drum. His teacher's like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, RJ, forgetting about the sonic scream. So apparently, yes. while like he's like not only stopped growing, he also has just happened to develop like a sonic attack that he can like he just busts out like liberally whenever, like, whenever he wants, and just shatters glass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like so fucking funny. Like you're like, you're like what to what end? To what end? To what end, indeed, Jared? Because it uh, it it. It it kind of becomes forgotten halfway through the movie. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a little special power. Sure, sure. And then, uh, yeah. So, did you find there was any resolution to uh, his banshee esque scream? No. Okay. So Good. there's like on Twitter, there's like a an account. It's like Magic Realism Bot, and mm-hmm. it just spits out things like this. Uh, I gotta. Okay. I'll, I'll pull it up here. Magic realism bot. Okay. So every four hours, magic realism bot produces a sentence. Okay. Like so, something like this: A doctor in Sri Lanka is famous for getting about motherhood. Okay. Uh, at eleven o'clock, a sentence is etched into an opal belonging to a Sumerian maharaj. It reads, "I like grains of sand." Yeah, and in, in Silicon Valley, plums start raining from the sky, and Angel is responsible. Okay, a shopkeeper makes a fortune trading in love. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I an, like the sound of that. An office manager draws a map which shows the location of every chimney in Paris. <laughs> I see. I don't know why. Liter- but that that one. Uh, th- this is a great literary tradition. Sure. It's sure. like uh, I'm, I'm a regular China Melville here. I'm a, I'm oh, a regular uh, wow. Salman Rushdie. That's a deep cut. So, how would you describe in a sentence a uh, tin drum? Then, a young a young boy in Poland never wants to grow up and develops sonic abilities. Yeah, like, why not? That sounds like a great X Men comic written it by does. written by Howard Mackey. <laughs> Howard Mackey. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. The Mac okay. Attack. So. Then you get like this. Uh, one thing I kind of uh, appreciated was that the kid it lives in a household where, you know, they're taking down that picture of Beethoven and putting up a picture of Hitler. They're mm-hmm. pro Hitler, and it's kind of like left be like to its own devices because you're like, oh, you know where this is going, folks. Because mm-hmm. eventually it's like, oh, they're going to take your little uh, your your little person away and throw him mm-hmm. into a, a treatment camp much later. And he's like, ah, I can't do it. I can't let him take him. Mm-hmm. And you nef- and you know when the Gestapo show up, you know those guys because they look like the bad guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> they, oh, they they always do. Even when this movie premiered, people were like, "These uh, these guys look like the bad guys from Raiders," <laughs> and other people went, "From what? 
They're like, ah, oh, you'll see. That, that movie doesn't exist yet. Yet. Wink. Let's talk about Gestapo tactics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, then the, you know, the the, the Germans invade Poland. Sure they they're, do. They're, uh, there's a defense of the bank made by a cousin cuckold dad. Post office? Cuck holding dad, the post office. Um, yes. Uh, you, you also, you skirted over the detail that oh. the mo- mother became pregnant and then... Dies. Oh yeah, Jared, which is an important plot point because the mother dies, and then the actual father is in the turmoil, and then what is he left with? You know, he's he's left yeah the cuckold. Yep, the blonde guy and uh, the sister mom. Sis, well, sister girlfriend mom. Yeah, it's it's convoluted. Oh, wait, but but we also forgot all about the 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 fishing scene on the beach. Oh, you don't say, Jer. The, there's like a horse head. Oh, but there's actually like there's also the the boiling the frogs, the skinning, boiling the frogs, skin, skinning of the rabbit. Mm-hmm. The uh, I thought I found the boiling of the frogs pretty egregious because it's like they're actually boiling frogs. It's like that's pretty fucked up to do for uh, like in general, but also people, just for a movie. Pe- people have people have done it. <laughs> You know, I, I'm sure they have. People have done worse stuff too, but uh, I was like, just on for this, this very movie? podcast, yeah, just for that one scene. It's like you're you're gonna boil these frogs alive. I was like, I don't really care about frogs, but it was like that's kind of a fucked up thing to do for a, in general or for a movie. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer. And then yeah, we get to the horse head, which I found to be <laughs> one of the most revolting disgusting things i think i've seen in the criterion collection so far (laughs) not because uh just because it's like it it honestly it just really grossed me out i was like i i was responding the way the mother was i was like that's fucking disgusting oh man it really grossed me out apparently it looks amazing though on on a visual level it's like holy shit that like what a what a raw image rj belongs in an art gallery because it's art art isn't real jerry or isn't so, real. That horse head was real. I those, got I got those the eels. The heads getting chopped off, and the, the little eel heads like mouthing. I got I got the scoop from Volker on what yep. that actually what he believes the symbolism is. Oh, so I don't know if oh you want to add anything before okay. you hear about. Do you want me to hit you with hit, it? Hit me. So apparently that's in the book, and he like the writer was Gunter Gross, uh, and he said yes. Volker's like I don't know where Gunter came up with that idea. He's like, but it's such a even Volker is like he's like it's such a like strong upsetting image or something. Mm-hmm. So they talk about like the mechanics of how they actually had to do it and how they had to make this horse head with the chamber, which is disgusting. But then he was talking about how the symbolism of it was that (laughs) it was the mother discovering that she was pregnant and that she was afraid that inside her was going to be a monster like the eels, because in her eyes, Oscar was a monster. I see. So apparently that's what that thing scene means. It's that it was the mother discovering she was pregnant and feared that she would be creating another monster. Also, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Volker says that Oscar is a caricature of fascism oh. in himself. He's not the protagonist. He is actually the antagonist. Well, see, that's interesting because, uh, you know, big Roger Ebert, mm-hmm. he wasn't a fan of this movie. He, oh. uh, yeah. This movie won con in 79. Mm-hmm. Or for seventy nine, I guess, and uh, yeah, he was like, he was on the side. He's like, this kid sucks. 
Like he yeah. was like he absolutely hated the kid, and he's like, "What's the, I don't understand like what this movie's going for at all." And so when I was reading that, I went, "No, this is very uh, much what I expect RJ's uh, feelings are going to be." Well, par- apparently, me and Ebert were the only ones who actually read be- saw between the lines because that's what Volker Schlendorf was intending. He was saying that Oscar was fascism. He's a caricature of it, and Hitler is the drum. And what was his quote? He drummed propaganda. Uh, that was worthless tin. So uh, apparently Oscar is fascism and the drum is Hitler. And uh, not that you're not supposed to like him, but he is the, that's what the character represents. What? I thought he was a little shit to be honest with you. Yeah. But yeah. anyways, continue. So anyways. Uh, so yeah, we got the horse head scene. And we got horse head and mom's mom, mom, mom like so horrified by this that she like, she's like, pregnant and she has like the the like the, kind of like the mania where she's eating yeah and then she dies and mm-hmm. then germany invades and mm-hmm. cousin dies mm-hmm. and he's just he he gets taken away off camera i think there's supposed to be an indication that he's filmed because the, the, their backs are being or they're being faced against the wall and you probably yeah. can assume what happens next um and then uh t- time jump to good times as they say you know the oh yeah we got like a montage of like oh that what's happening to the jewish people oh they're just poisoning themselves so they don't get taken away and worse things happening to them in some cases mm-hmm. um and then oscar joins the he's like does he run away from home kind of or he's like hits the road he meets up with like the the, the nazi little people well first he does try to stay with stepdad who is right. alleged real dad and then uh there's the nanny who he has a love affair yes. with oscar himself because he's at the time he's technically 16 even though he's actually 10 uh so he has a love affair with her but she's also having an affair with the actual oh, yeah. man of the house and then when oscar comes about it and sees what's going on attacks him with the drum he attacks him with the drum in a in a weirdly like erotic attack smashing it down on his ass (laughs) and i was like i was like i was very confused i was like what did he hope to achieve by that whatever he he wanted him to stop uh and he did well so i guess he was he was uh, successful he was successful yeah so that happens and then after that he runs into the leader of the uh little circus brigade that he met earlier okay yeah 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 okay and like he met that guy at the circus. He was the leader of that little like troop of uh, people. And um, the, that guy talks to Oscar and he's like, he's like, our kind are never in the crowd. He's like, our kind deserve the center stage or something like that. And then he runs into him later. And that guy's like, uh, he's part of, he's like one of the top performers for the Nazi people, mm-hmm. like the Nazi conventions because they just the nazis just can't get enough of the little people Jared. they, they love it so uh he, he's like it's, it's actually like it's like wrestling fans exactly so uh they're actually in good standing with the nazis and so that's oscar joins them that way um you get to see hitler's arm at one point yes, you do. and his first person view as he walks up uh to give a speech mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then uh kid comes back and uh, kind of like rejoins the family with his like his son quote his baby son mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're running a shop now they've taken over uh, from a Jewish family that's you know left they're they're just gone where did they go 
Nobody right. knows. And now, but, but now I can be a successful shopkeep. Sure. And until uh, you know, the the, uh, the Eastern Front starts to fall, and then mm-hmm. Russia shows up. And uh, there's one thing Russia likes to do. It's like the, they like to fuck shit up. Sure. And it's like, what's that? You're a woman. <laughs> Time for rape. And uh, that's how it goes. And, and you're like, hey, who's this guy? Who's this like Mongolian man <laughs> that's hanging mm-hmm. out? And you're like, oh yeah, Every, we're all in it together, comrade. Um, I, I, I did like the delicious uh, irony, RJ. Irony. I don't know. It's just oh, irony. God. Maybe it's not of uh, going to like hide your Nazi pin. And going mm-hmm. to swallowing it, swallowing it to conceal it, choking on it, and then being gunned down to hide your nature. I, I feel like that was the wrong move. It's like you didn't have to swallow that. You could just like, but just not showing it, right? Nope. Put it in you a po- put it in a pocket, but you had to keep your hands up. But then yeah. you got gunned down anyway. His corpse held up pretty good, though. Sure, was, sure it did. And then um, a a man leaving one of the camps shows up out of his mind to reclaim the, uh, the, the family business. The crypt keeper guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, he shows up a couple times, right? And his like top hat and his oh, no, that's that, a little too short. Well, there's the two, there's two different guys. There's the, oh, okay. there's like, there's like the hobo. Like top that's hat. Who I'm he, he's like about. a tramp. He's a tramp. And then there's, yeah. the, then there's like the Jewish man who's like, who sees his family everywhere. Oh, okay. And he's like, yeah. oh yeah. But even though he knows, oh yeah, they died. And he yeah. he was like a son of Saul uh, character who was like, yeah, I I cleaned, I cleaned the I cleaned the ovens and I cleaned the the chambers and stuff like that with the bleach. And you're like, mm. oh. So, anyway, they go buried uh, Mario Altdorf, and uh, that's when the kid decides, hey. I'm going to grow up. And his little brother slash son, he's just throwing rocks at shit, being a little piece of shit too. And he hits mm-hmm. his own father, dad in the back of the head. He falls into the grave. <laughs> um, they, they scoop him up and they bench his head up. He's not dead, but he's pretty messed up and they have him in a wheelbarrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they... There's actually Volker Schondorf is talking about that. And it's, it's like hilariously mean. He's like, now we have him. He's a horrible hunchback, and he's a real piece of shit loser. Like I'm, I'm not even exaggerating that much. He doesn't say piece of shit, much. but he's like he's a real loser. And it's like, look at him now, and it just lingers on the shot of him in the wheelbarrow, and you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's hilariously mean uh, at how how like harsh it comes off. But yeah, continue. Um, well, that's like the end of the movie. Yeah, and then it yeah, wraps up, much. and it kind of begins how it ends. And the scenic kind of rural setting of a woman d- doing potato business, a peasant mm-hmm. lady. Oh yeah, her gra- the grandma shows up peri- periodically in little bits and pieces throughout the movie as well. I think she was the best part. So anyway, the yeah, tin drum. I guess for like a two-hour and forty-minute affair, it goes by at a fine enough pace. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, at the at the end of the day, I don't know. It, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, it didn't wow me. Despite its, uh, it, it, there's like things I liked about this movie, but uh, I guess like my expectations were maybe high for old Volker, who's like obviously in this movie as well, displaying some real technical chops. This movie looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, production mm-hmm. values, costumes, uh, great. The music, eh, it was is a little odd at times. A little mm-hmm. kind of a. Uh, a distracting element for me, right. but 
I am very interested to hear you talk about the tin drum, RJ, ultimately. You'd like to hear me talk about the tin drum? I would. All right. This fucking little goblin troll. Like, <laughs> as soon as this, as soon as the delivery scene where it's just an actual, like, full, like, full grown kid, I was like, what is, cause that, up to that point, like the 20 minutes up to that, I was like, this movie's pretty good. I was like, I like the production. I was like, it's, it looks great. I was like, it's pre World War II. Things are going good. Things are going good. And then as soon as you see a 10 year old dressed up to be like a newborn baby, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, what is this movie? And uh, it totally, I think a lot of it changes from there because I was totally caught off guard too, Jarrett. Yeah. Um, so you see that. And then as things start to progress, it gets like more and more kind of like wacky. And I, I think, mm-hmm. I guess that magical realism stuff, uh, that's a good way to kind of describe describe it. But it, it's definitely just wacky. Like him screaming to break shit. I was like, all right and then like later his son like it it doesn't get brought up again until he's impressing his uh soon-to-be wife and he does the sonic heart into the glass and i was like has he refined this ability to the point where he can like draw with it oh yeah he meets, I was like yeah, he hits a girlfriend i forgot about her too he he marries her and yeah. then uh girlfriend just can't go without her cup of joe and uh i mean we all know how that ends mm-hmm. um so <clears throat> you get to like that stuff and i was like I was like on I was still on board. I was like, all right. I was like, this is I was like, it's bizarre what's going on, but you know, whatever. Uh I, I like Big Fish by Tim Burton. I was like, yeah, I was getting to the wacky stuff. You it's, like that shape of water? Uh, well, um, you know, but so I was still on board. Uh, with Uncle Boon Me who can recall his past lives. Uncle Boon Me who can recall I haven't seen that one, Jerry. Okay. But I've heard of it. Uh it was uh, it was definitely the, the Cobbler starring Adam Sandler. That's a good one. I'd watch that before the tin drum. Birdman. See, mm. the, the Oscars really liked their uh, their magic realism. Well, and I know I know you talked about the uh, the accolades that this movie got, but apparently when it came out, Volker was talking about how they they premiered it or they screened it for like the whatever like the actual guiding thing it was like empire artists or something like that where it's like they were the people who like produced movies or something and the the first reactions they all told him they're like why did you make this <laughs> this isn't a film this is horrible and you should not show this to other people and he was like okay <laughs> have you looked at the original film poster <laughs> uh no i haven't uh... I'll, I'll check it out okay i'll send it your way okay um <clears throat> So apparently people did not like this at first either uh, because they were kind of like, what is this, man? Um, and it was just like one producer who kind of believed in him. And then uh, the author, okay, let's check this out. Tin drum film. Oh, my God. So uh, it's it's him playing the drum at, I think, the Nazi uh, parade. Yeah. Or up in the bell tower. I think in the bell tower. Yeah, up in the bell tower. Yeah, see, this thing's got lots going on, Jared. <clears throat> a lot of irons in the fire, my man. Uh, <clears throat> so you got lots of weird stuff. I definitely, like, uh, one of the places where it really lost me was the uh, the frog scene. Because I just, 
I know I talk about this stuff a lot, but even for this movie, I was like, there's there's a lot of like whimsy in this thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, to throw something like so cruel like that in here, I was like, I was like, what's the point even? Because and then like another point is it shows like how cruel the kids are. And it's like, I get that. But I was like, I feel like there's better ways to do that where you don't have to <clears throat> have this elaborate setup based on like symbolism or metaphors or something. So that's where it started to lose me. And then pretty soon after we get the horse head scene and it's like I said, I found that thing like utterly revolting. Like it just it really grossed me out so much. I was like, my God, is that disgusting? Uh, So after that, like I I still paid attention. I I just like I was like this movie. I was like, I don't even know what this fucking thing is anymore. Mm -hmm. I was so like. I was just thrown for such a loop. I was like, what even is this thing? Um, I thought Oscar was a real shit, uh, like a real annoying little kid who uh, he's just like, I'm with Roger Ebert. I think Oscar is a real piece of shit. He like doesn't want to give up his drum. He's making everyone mad. And I was like, well, he's just a little shit, Jerry. He's crap. Uh, He's he's crap. Uh, there are things that I think are done really well in this movie. Like I do think that it, it looks great. And then Volker himself talks about like a lot of his influences and like dudes he hung out with, which were like Bunwell, uh, Jacques Tati, and then like some other, like lots of like criterion alumni guys. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, so you, like you hear about those guys and he also was talking about one of his, like his number one, like, uh, not producer, but like set, guy production assistant or something was a guy who grew up in poland at this time and went to auschwitz uh so he he was like uh volker basically he's like i just ran everything by this guy and if he said it was good we would run with it and if he said we needed to change it we would do it like that so i think that's maybe why there's some authenticity to uh some of what's going on in terms of metaphors and symbolism symbolism I'm like on the fence about it. I'm of two minds where it's like, I do think they do some of it well, but I do think some of it's also pretty heavy handed. And it's like, I know there's all the, all these movies that like make metaphors or symbolism out of uh, fascism. I'm like, like, I don't know if it's like, I don't know, man. I, I it doesn't really work for me. Uh, and he even Volker was talking about a, a different place that made a, like a symbolic movie of fascism. It wasn't Salo. Uh, it was something else. And he was like, so he was like, I really needed to make the German version of that. And I was like, all right, okay. Um, but anyways, that stuff, like it's, it's really hit and miss with me. And then one of the things I think I do like some of the kind of walk-in characters. Like I think the toy maker character, he's good. I do like the tramp character. I think he's good. But then you have other characters like the uh, the potato pedophile. And I was like, why? I was like, how does this guy fit into this? Like the scoutmaster, he's like really into potatoes. And then they're like, and then we found out he was a pedophile and he killed himself. Oh my and, God. And you're kind of like, I don't even remember that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, cause there's a lot of like things like that where, and I can see people really liking that. Like, uh, Hey, I like Forrest Gump as much as the next person, Jared. And are, you know, are you saying you disagree with Charles Champlin of the Los Angeles times who declared that it was like, quote, like few films since citizen Kane, a combination of stunning logistics and technique and of humanistic content that is terrifically affecting. I wouldn't use most of those words or any of them <laughs> to describe this. 
Uh, Volker himself describes it as uh, slapstick dark comedy. Yeah, so he thought yeah. this thing was uh, yeah. just straight up comedy. He's yeah. like, I never intended it to the, be serious. The notion of Citizen Kane is like logistics and techniques. Like, what the fuck? Who is this? Who's this guy? Um, yeah. e- this is what Ebert said amongst a couple things, some highlights. Okay. I must confess that the symbolism of the drum failed to involve me. And here, and here we are at the central problem of the movie. Should I, as a member of the audience, decide to take the drums as, say, a child's toy protest against the marching cadences of the German armies? Or should I allow myself to be annoyed by the child's obnoxious habit of banging on it whenever something's mm-hmm. not to his liking? Even if I buy the wretched drum as a moral symbol, I'm still stuck with the kid as a pious little bastard. But I guess mm-hmm. if you uh, uh, subscribe to the director's vision, where it's like, the kid's Hitler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, see, I, I think there's, that's the thing. It's like, there's, I think there's a lot of ways you can interpret this. Like there's a lot of times directors will say a movie is something. And it's like, I got a totally different read off of that. And it means something else to me. It's kind of like what Aronofsky was saying with mother. Whereas w- once you put that thing out there, it's, it's not yours anymore. Right. So even if this guy, I actually, I'm kind of with Volker and uh, Ebert on this. Like, I don't know if I'd say the kid is Hitler, but uh, I, I thought he was a real piece of shit. So, um, yeah. uh, I mean, if he represents fascism, I guess I'm on the right side of history there for not liking him, right? Yes. Standing up to uh, the, the things that just aren't right, Jared. No. So, but anyways, I was just saying, like, you have some of those, you have these weird characters that kind of pop in. And you're like, oh, that's weird. And then you do have the weird child sexuality, which is an ever-present thing in this. And uh, Volker talks about it. So when you have the scene where he actually uh, – he's like in the change room with his mm-hmm. nanny. He was like, the actress didn't want to be naked. He's like, and that's fine. He's like, so we gave her some felt to cover up her privates. And and uh, he, he's like, and then she was happy. So that is good. He's like, it is good when the actors are happy. And and he, he was like, there was concern about having the child, Oscar, that close to the genitals and acting these things. And he said, but it is the movie and that's what we do. And you're like, okay. He actually, he does seem like a pretty like on the level guy. But when he was talking about that stuff, I was like, ooh. I was like, I think uh, this is a little dated if uh, he's just like, he's like, well, the kids have sex. What are you going to do? <laughs> and you're like, oh, gross. <laughs> Well, it's true. Sure, but it's does it need to be filmed? Well, I don't know. Uh, the Ontario Censor Board of Canada said nine, and mm-hmm. uh, apparently the, in the first cut of this film, apparently there's like a two-hour version of this movie, and then mm-hmm. uh, the, we have the two-hour and forty-minute version to watch here. Uh, mm-hmm. It was banned as child pornography, sure, in Ontario for a time, and uh, apparently it was also banned in Oklahoma County, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. For obscenity laws portraying underage sexuality. And from Wikipedia, quote, all copies in Oklahoma City were likewise confiscated, and at least one person who had rented the film on videotape was threatened with prosecution. I think that's a little unfair for someone who rented it, because that person probably hadn't even seen it. It's like if you went to Blockbuster, you're like, what's this? I'm going to rent it. And then the cops come, and they're like, we got you. And I was like, what? Apparently there's a, um, a, a documentary on the disc called Banned in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. He he mentions that in his little interview thing, and I think what he said, he was kind of just like, whatever. He's like, they didn't want us to show the movie. He's like, we didn't really care. He's like, we weren't going to cut it, uh, like cut the scenes out. So we, if they didn't want to show it, he's like, we just didn't show it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Seems like his opinion. Fuck it. 
fuck it, we'll do it live. We'll do it live, Jared. So do you think that Oscar is a horrible goblin monster or what? <laughs> I, I'm I'm talking more about his actions. I, I would never degrade someone based on their appearance, Jared. You know that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard to root mm-hmm. for Oscar necessarily. I feel sure. that I mean, as the movie gets into its like climax, there's like I don't know, it's a seesaw, but it's never like a movie that like wow. I love every moment of this. Like it just it didn't it doesn't work that way for me. It's um right. there's there seems to be a distance in the material. And like I found it like all this material like all the like abject stuff and the the darkness of it at times. Like that should again, that should be up my alley. But uh watching this I was kinda like, huh. I don't I don't really know how I feel about this movie. Yeah. I w I wasn't sure. I, I was like, I think it could go either way where you'd either be kind of on the fence like this or i thought you'd maybe really like it but i was like i don't know i was like he could just be like whatever if i wanted to try hard i could really like it and talk about sure. its great merits um you're welcome to if you but, want but but i said i'm like ah this yeah. one this is one this isn't one worth fighting for in my i don't think well maybe maybe, I, maybe it would improve the second viewing but yeah. Am I gonna uh, am I gonna watch this movie for a second time, or am I gonna watch some Vinegar Syndrome Blu-rays? Watch some could, some watch some real obscenity. There you go. You could do that. Yeah. I um, I I'm with you a hundred percent, man. Where it's like there, I think there are things that you could like positives you could pull from it, and I do think there's a lot of stuff to like out of it. Yeah. There's enough things of mine that I'm not on board with, but uh, I mean, I'm not gonna like bring the movie down too much. It's just like it didn't really work for me. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. You want to hear from people who hated this movie? Yeah. Totally. Well, these are, so first up, this is because this movie, I'm like, it's not a surprise that some people, uh, this movie does not work for. I, but uh, half star Dennis Quaalude. Nice. Cabaret has like all this plus no incest and lots of jazz hands. Just watch Cabaret again. I've never seen Cabaret, Dennis. Is Cabaret good? I don't know. It's that it's that Fosse guy. Everyone likes him. Mm. I find some troubling things in uh, this Dennis Quaalude's half star films. A uh, half star to Tindrum, half star to Joker, half star to What Women Want with Mel Gibson. What? That's half also st- magic realism. That is magic realism. Maybe Joker is too. It's Actually, bat- maybe Batman. these all are. Half star to uh, Dark Crystal. Half star to Aziz and Zari stand up about political correctness. That's weird. Half star to the Black Klansman, Jarrett. Do you think that that is possibly a half star film? No. No. Five star films. Uh, we got a lot of anime. We got uh, <laughs> both of the babes. That's pretty cool. Favorite films include one, two, three. Uh, Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. From Dusk Till Dawn and Tangerine, Jared. Tangerine. This person's a very big Tom Cruise fan. <laughs> very big. Next, we have Cub Avenger, half a star. <laughs> I, or, uh, what are those asterisks? High-pitched <laughs> screams until the TV screen shatters. That's That's not bad. It's not bad. Let's see Cub Avenger from Chicago, Illinois. Singing in the Rain, Rear Window, 
Out of the Past and What's Up Doc from 1972 are their favorite films. Cub Avenger should not have watched Tindrome. No. Cub Avenger also gave half a star to Sleepaway Camp. God told me to. Oh, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh. Master and Commander. Oh, okay. Get the get, Get the fuck out of my life, Cub Avenger. But wait, okay, even more perplexing, half a star to The Favorite and The Lobster, but half a star to Call Me By Your Name? They got one in the wind pile there, buddy. Uh, Five-star films are Just Criterions, Rafifi, La Dolce Vita, Umberto D, Cleo 5 to 7. Strange. And one more, half star, Steven. I (laughs) wanted to physically beat the kid. Oh, what, okay. a, what an annoying movie. The adult acting is over-the-top, idiotic, and cartoonish. There are Nazis acting like clowns and a kid that constantly beats his drum and screams until windows break. I hate this. What is the objection to Nazis acting like clowns like? I don't know. It's not, it's not funny. I don't know. Uh-huh. It's like, I don't know. Like, they shouldn't watch uh, Come and See because it's got Nazis acting like it's like madness and... Uh, mm. I don't know. Sometimes it's the it's more real to treat treat things like that than uh, grimly. I suppose. I agree. I um, I don't know. That's bizarre. I I find it funny that this person's name is just Stephen because I'm just so unused to seeing just regular names. Yeah. Like Stephen, they just added Johnny Mnemonic to their watch list, so Viv will be uh, happy about that. Uh, other half star films include Snatch, Life of Brian. <laughs> The Dark Knight Rises, Armageddon, Mulholland Drive, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. And then let's see some only eight five-star films, Jerry. Wow. Andre Rublev, Empire Strikes Back, Brief Encounter, Ordet, 2001, Star Wars, Lawrence of Arabia, and Galaxy Lords from 2018. Huh. I got one more. Okay. Half star from Ryan Nichols. Okay. Are we sure this was a good idea? A kid beating a drum, annoyingly whining like a brat every five seconds, eating some chick twice his size out. How did this happen? Tearing apart eels and just, seriously, it's an insult to Days of Heaven, which is beaten out at con by this, and Apocalypse Now, which it shared the palm door with. But really, what is my opinion worth? People are telling me to watch the director's cut, and maybe I'll understand it but unless oscar is mm. brutally murdered on screen i'm not sure that's going to happen um i so a lot of these people are talking about how they want to hurt this they, kid they want to hurt children i found the kid annoying too but i never wanted to hurt him i just i just wanted to take the drum away and tell him to grow up yeah you know what i mean emotionally damage uh i find it funny that so this person has one of their five-star films is amicord which Volker Schlarndorf said uh, is one of the heaviest inspirations for the Tin Drum, Jared. Hey, so I think I think I think uh, that uh, Fellini and Amarcord is mm-hmm. a big influence on, uh-huh. on all things. Oh yeah, it is. So uh, I just find that funny. Uh, lots of just Criterion stuff, like five stars, Tokyo Story, Playtime, The Long Goodbye. Oh, what else we got for? Um, movies let's go to half star films half star to her with joaquin phoenix half star to force gump a half star to video drone a half star to heaven's <sighs> gate 
Uh, half star two Requiem for a Dream. Half star two Gladiator. <sighs> half a star two Braveheart. <sighs> just, just not good stuff, Jer. No. Just not good. Ay ay ay. Ay ay ay. Ay ay ay. You got any other uh, notes here on this drum? No, it's. I think there's stuff to like, but uh, there yeah, are oh, also I, things I dislike. So a, what are you gonna it's, do? It's a, it's a gorgeous looking movie. Um, yep. But yeah, this done. Uh, enjoy. I guess this is a movie to watch. It's like oh, I'm glad I, I, it's off the list. Yep. I've now seen the best picture winner for foreign film of 1979. Wow. So, you've been you've been looking for that for a long time, haven't mm-hmm. you? 100%. Mhm. Mhm. After the break, we will crawl back into the womb. Huh? Get all gooey. Excuse me? And uh call it a day. Eat that roasted potato out in the field of the womb. Excuse me? Well, I imagine the boy who couldn't stop. I think it's they would have the potential to influence uh, the world world towards good and not evil. Well, be like kind of like you know that fear of like, what if you just never stopped hiccuping up? Hiccuping? Hiccuping? Yeah, there's that dude who hiccuped for like 15 years. Like, wouldn't you like? Is that a real thing, or is that like a Simpsons joke? No, that was on Dean Cain's Ripley's Believe It or Not, so I don't know. uh, You know about Dean Cain, right? Yeah. How uh, he he wouldn't be playing Superman now. And then most people go, yeah, you wouldn't be playing Superman now, bud. They say you haven't had a role in 20 years. Uh, I don't think they'd give you one now. You can email us at criteriacoops at jail mail. Jail mail. Email us at DeanCain at gmail.com. DeanCain at jailmail.com. Um, uh-huh. Unlock all the OnlyFans uh, features. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Jellicles. Shooting pearls. Oof. We've got a Facebook page. We're on uh-huh. Instagram. We're on the letterbox. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnlow. We've got YouTube. We've got Patreon. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Dean Kane's Tumblr? Twitter. Dean Kane. Yeah. If you're looking for us, contact Dean Kane and uh, we'll be close by. Very close. We'll be Very listening. Hmm? Next week, RJ, Spine Ooh. 235. Ooh. It's our old friend, the Italian director. 
Vucino Visconti's The Leopard from 1963. Vucino Visconti? He's one of my faves. And this is one of our Martin Scorsese's favorite movies. And it's three hours long. Aren't you excited? Is it available on the Criterion channel? I, I don't know. I have it on Blu-ray. <sighs> Let me look. It's three hours. Yup. Fucking Illegal Leopard, man. Illegal Leopard? You know that uh, Dave Chappelle skit? No, the racial pixie. Okay, the leopard. Doesn't look like it's on here, Jer. What? Doesn't look like it's on here. Oh, fuck. Uh, I'm not watching it, I guess. God damn oh, well. it. That, that, that really puts the pressure on me, huh? Oh, yeah, you got to watch it, apparently. I, I, have to, I have to watch it first. Shit. Unless, so the first result for the leopard is the honeymoon killer, so I don't think that's it, right? <laughs> yeah, you want to watch that again. I'd rather not. And then there's the image book from Jean-Luc Godard. Mm. So I guess none of those things are the leopard. Well, tune in, folks, for that movie that you can't access with your whatever $10 US a month subscription. Fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. It, this is it is the worst thing imaginable. Yeah. I'm canceling the podcast. And you. Hey, some someone's got it on daily motion. Maybe. Do you have to make a daily motion account? I have no idea. Uh, okay. That's fun. Well, good night, folks. Um, yeah, stay safe out there, skater dudes. Yeah, don't be a skater, dude or dudette. See you later, skater freak. Remember Avril Lavigne? Yeah, apparently uh, she was killed in... You know, there, <laughs> there's a clone, uh, uh, like a stand-in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you heard that conspiracy theory? I, I, I have. Yeah, she's a skater boy, and uh, she said, see you later, boy, because she was murdered. <laughs> she was, see? But Google's like, oh, over the line. Oh, goddamn. Goddamn. Okay, whatever. Good night. Yeah, the truth is out there, Avril Lavigne deniers. <laughs>